All right, I challenge anyone on this podcast to follow the train of thought on this thing because it goes freaking everywhere. And yeah, it's long. You know me. It's always been long. But throw it on two times speed if you have to. I don't care. But it's it's a really cool podcast. We got Christina Lau on. Uh, Christina's like a, a million things in one. She's uh, an actress. She's a voiceover actor. She's a director at Nimbus School of Music. Um, she's a super thoughtful person and someone who like just deconstructs life, emotions, intelligence, everything. Um, she's lived a bunch of different lives. She's done everything from you know international business to psychology to music to acting and everything in between she's you know transcended uh, herself in, in in many different ways so listen to this and try to not listen to it on two times speed but actually digest everything that she's saying here it's it's funny you can directly compare and contrast my fucking ignorance with her intelligence so um that's all that is you know have a fun time listen to this it's it's good dive into it don't take it for granted. And if you're going to listen to it, take the time and really, really listen to it because uh, it's worth it. She says some, she really goes past. We go into like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We go into like what it means to be human, what it, needs to be, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be an actor, et cetera, et cetera. Just dive in. You'll love it. Christina's amazing. Go check her music out. And uh, there's your intro, Christina. See ya. I'll pass the pass flame. The flame. There's at, a candle at the end here. Of this, pass the flame. Can I do your job? Can I be like, for those of you who are not. Um who are not joining us on the video medium. Oh, nice. Can I do that? Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> In my BBC presenter voice. Nice. And oh, for those yeah. of you who have just joined us. Right. So, Christina, you do, you do audio. You do vocal recording. I don't. Voiceovers. I don't record them. Right. Uh, someone. But it is your thankfully voice. Thankfully does it for me. Someone like Val. Someone, Be like Val. Yeah. Valid Val. Valid Val. Sir Valid Val. For those of you who have just joined us, Val is uh, the uh, sound technician uh, for ThinkSpace podcast. Yes. Here at Self Hired. Oh, damn, that's good. So thanks. As a, um, <laughs> as um, what do you call yourself then? As a, Christina, most days. Mm, right. Um, what do you call yourself as a someone who records voiceovers? What is that called? Well, what is that occupation? I mean, uh, people say they're voiceover artists or voiceover voice actors. Voice um, actors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just say that I'm an actor. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't highlight that I'm a voice actor, mostly because I know some very um, talented voice actors in the city who are working Ooh. a lot, um, and it's a very small community. Community, oh. and it's um, it's incredible. Like actually, Vancouver has some of the most in- amazing voice actors, so and it's very so different. Okay. But you're a voice actress. I, you know, this oh. is one of those conversations <laughs> where people always ask, do you want to be an actor or an actress? Like, how do we, how do, how do you, uh, what do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I changed, I used to change on the day and just be like, today I feel like I should be an actress and I feel like you should honor the fact that men and women are different. And then other, other times I call myself guy and I call... Uh, my roommate guy and she's right. not a guy <laughs> uh, so I'm non-binary fluid well I don't know if non is it non, non-binary it's whatever because, you want well I feel like guy is binary you've just chosen the opposite side and then refused to allow it the same power 
or the same association. So Yo, too quick in the podcast. Okay, okay way too, way too quick. In the, <laughs> take ten steps way back tank. there. Okay, let's talk on. about Val again. See, that's where I was just like, I was like, um, I was trying to, I was thinking really hard about uh, structure and how I wanted to do this. And I was like, this is how it's going to go is you're going to sit down and I'm going to say, Christina, how's your week? And then that's going to be gone. And then it's just, and then we're, and then we're off three, four, five, ten hours later. Could you imagine? That's why you brought the candlelight. No, Burning the midnight fuel. Chan has like a, 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 a signal that she's going to give me when she's tired and right. needs to sleep. Which is very close. Very close. She's that guy. Makes me uncomfortable <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> anyway, so the point I was trying to make is as a voice actor, yeah, I'll you, go with that. you outsource your voice to other people, right? You sell <laughs> your voice in a way. This is very true. Like Ariel does to Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Right. Very much so. Um, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but I mean, for a minute, you know, you're probably charging at least a couple hundred dollars. You know, right? Like, just generally, if you're that good, which you are. Um, funnily enough, I was having this conversation today uh, with um, in the entertainment industry, and it could be different in different places, but for us, it's about the buyout and the usage. Right. So it's not necessarily, like, you would get a, you'd get a day rate, uh, and then you would get a buyout, and mm-hmm. the buyout amount would be based on whether or not it is used. being used on... Uh, like social media platforms only, right. website only. Um, so online distribution, uh, national versus international, mm-hmm. which territories, uh, and then term of usage. Oh, so it would be yikes. one year, two year, five years. And then you you would normally get the, the equivalent of options. So, so you're going to invoice us at the end of this. That's what I'm assuming, because this is going to be yes. quite some time. You must pay me in poems. <laughs> in poems. Puns. Yes. Poems and puns. <laughs> yes. I like Interest it. will be in cake. Right. So one slice a week one slice delivered week. to my yeah. doorstep. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and not left. Not don't do one of those things where who was the, who were the companies that they were they were warring. I think it was was it Amazon and and or oh, Apple and Microsoft and one of them sent truckloads of pennies. Oh my in gosh, payment. I do remember that. Do you remember that. when I that happened? I do remember that. And yeah. Bree, could you look up who those companies were? Please do. In the meantime, okay. Anyways, Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you've you. taken this whole set over. I, um, well, you've bombarded us with stuff. <laughs> Please explain. What is this? Um, these are books, right? People use them uh, mostly for knowledge. Mm. Sometimes uh, for burning. This is a terrible time in human history that we need to acknowledge. Uh, this is a, a flame because I do enjoy telling stories by a fire. Nice. And so that's got a nice kind of gimmicky name feel. Of, name of your ne- your podcast. Name of your new podcast. Well, I was thinking about making a one-woman show at some point. You just or talking to yourself? Show. Whatever you decide. One woman, one man. Whatever you decide is on that, the day. That's what you call art, Joss. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. A one woman show is you talking to yourself. <laughs> right. I bet all of the actors and actresses will be so happy to hear that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I was uh, thinking about doing a, uh, a monologue. Right. For an hour and a half to anyone who will pay me. And but what if no one pays you? <laughs> well, then I'm just busking. Yikes. And then... Everything virtually. goes downhill from there. Yes. Um, and I thought about 
incorporating music and uh, multimedia and dance. I would not dance. I will save everybody that pain. Um, and I was going to call it my my career slash life coach, Larry. Uh, hi, Larry. Hi, Larry. Um, <laughs> s- said, you know, why did you have a candle at your last show? And I said, because I like telling stories by a fire. And he said, oh, it needs to be called Christina Lau songs. Uh, tiny fires. Tiny fires. Stories through song, I think is what I was going to it. call it. Yeah. I love it. So there was a story that we were trying to figure out. Bree, did you ever get to the bottom of that? Yes. Let's see. Who was the company that shipped? It was like a hundred pounds of pennies or something yeah. to the other company. Like that's kind of like that's like what that's like corporate mafia shit, you know? Like. <laughs> what is this? No, Samsung did not oh. try to pay Apple. Oh. Okay. So for those but who of you, who wrote this? Who wrote this blog? How do we know to believe this guy? The Guardian. Guy? <laughs> okay, so I'm that's reading fine. this in an English it's accent. The Guardian. <laughs> the Gu- did, did Samsung pay judgment? So who started this bullshit then? Ugh, oh, clickbait. And here they are. They've made it onto our thing. September 6, 2012. Samsung did not try to pay Apple one billion in nickels. Well, we bought into the lies once we did. again. We did. Anywho, well, thanks for cleaning that up for us, Brie. <laughs> Thank <Anywho>. you, Brie. <laughs> so the title of this podcast, then, is Stories Around a Tiny Fire with Christina Lau. I don't know that that's what I said. I feel like it's got the right uh, stories Essence. around a tiny fire. With It could be so many iterations of that phrase. Don't worry about it. Okay, You're well, overthinking. So we have books, we have a fire, and okay. then we have a box. Yeah, that's for and later. And a paper book. That, yep, they're for later. Oh. Well, now I just want to open it now. Can we open it now? No. Okay. All right. So collection of books here. What do you got here? You got a couple of things. You have Paulo Coelho, The Alchemist, which has been treated very poorly, which I expect better from you. Turning Pro, <laughs> Tap Your Inner Power and Create Your Life's Work. Milk and Honey, a poem, a book about poems, a book of poems, Thank rather. You. Yep. And a couple other ones here. What inspired you to bring these books here today and throw them front and center? You know, this is paid advertising space right here. What are you doing? Is it? Because it's normally empty. So oh. you're clearly not capitalizing on that. Know, so we need some sponsors. Let's well, get at it. speak to yeah. Julia Cameron. Thank you. Renee Brown. She's got a new show on Netflix. Oh, perfect. Well, there you I'm go. sure she wants to advertise here. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what's the question? Why did I bring them? Yes. I don't really think too much about it, if I'm honest. I do. Um, one of my favorite co- quotes is... Um, I have my books and my poetry to protect me. Mm. Paul Simon. You sound crazy. That's rude. We just started. Right. It's cool. We've already established these things. <laughs> They've already heard the intro. They know. They know. Have they? You told me I get to, I get to have some kind of influence on, on whether you throw everything oh, right, in right, here right, or not. Right, right, right. Excuse just, me. What, I haven't decided what, I put what I'll myself say. in for? <clears throat> we have no control. I told you this right from the start. I've already forgotten your insult, so I can't rebut it. I know. It's okay. okay. Anywho, so thank you for bringing the books. Thank you for bringing this box and the fire. Uh, and thank you for bringing the insight and the presence and all that. I also love the two little notebooks. Those are from Chapters. Um, I think I bought those exact little books little, as well. These are Moleskine mm. uh, Circle R notebooks. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I I love them because they are about the size of maybe a pre-teenage hand. Perfect. Depending on how big you are as a teenager mm-hmm. and whether whether you have have normally large hands. <laughs> um, I like them because they're small and they fit into pockets. Um, 
and uh, and I did an experiment at my last show where I put my poems and Ooh. writings from bef- from that precede each of my songs mm. in the set list into this notebook. Wow. And I thought to myself, do I try, uh, well, not try, do I recite the poetry because I'm not, a, I don't know if you can get training to be a poet. Um, I think you just read literature at, at a prestigious university and you're That's good. It, yes. um, but I wondered whether or not I should just try and memorize them or whether I should uh, read them from a book because there's something so nice when you pull out a story. Do you, when, in Canada, did you have, you know, those little um, like uh, uh, children's shows where there'd be like a man and there was always some kind of very oversized dog by a fire with a couch we and he'd have this. like a really frail voice. This is a cultural phenomenon we completely missed. Really? Yes. Um, I don't know, Brie, how to ask you to... Google that, but there was a, t- a children's television show. Old man by a fire. You might get some like weird s- search results there. Or wonderful ones. Or wonderful ones. I yeah, mean, totally. you told me this was an abyss. It is an We've abyss. We've established that abysses are infinite. Thank you, Val. Uh, uh, and uh, I want, I, I, so there's something so nice about someone opening a book to read right. you a story. Right. I like it. No, it's amazing. And it's also good to take notes as well. These things are good. I always get intimidated yeah. when a guest comes by with with uh, notebooks, because I'm here and I feel armed with my pen and my paper. Oh, and which so I if just I bring pen and on. paper, then it's well, it's now a it's competition. a battle. Now okay. it's a competition, so right. I have to write more than so, you do. I make sure that all of my <laughs> shit here is is <laughs> as she as she right. goes. Nothing. Th- then he I'm, does. I'm writing. She's beating me as, as well. I can't. I can't talk and think at the same well, time. You expect me to host then. a show and do notes? It's ridiculous. You just set me up for that. Anyways, um, well, that's the that's the job of the host. The job of the host is to simply line up tee balls and just have you knock them right off. Here's another one, home run, bang. Here's another one, home run, bang. You just that's all you're supposed to do what as a host. Tee ball, uh, baseball, right? Never played. I've never. I played softball once. Right. So, I digress. You will most likely hate the intro. You didn't or, answer or, or what, what answer? a t-ball is. Excuse what me? is a t-ball? Oh, a t-ball. I don't know. Excuse I me. I didn't actually know. I, I didn't know. We've asked, Brie has asked us to give her a little bit of time. I know. We didn't even give her the time to answer that other question. It's just fucking derailing. T-ball is only played by children. T-ball is only played by children. Tri- tri- okay. When they, when they put, no yeah, you put, you put, you put a stick. You put the stick on, you put the ball on a stick. Oh. And you I've seen and you knock it you not you home run that so I that's seen, that's uh, you okay. that's you that's me I look metaphorically that's the picture that great representation <laughs> so that's um that's that's what I'm trying to metaphorically do here that's your job that's my job as a host rather so is to be the T is to be the T and just put the ball there and bam 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 just knock them off and that's how we get these perfect little YouTube clips and Instagram clips that everyone you know shares and watches and shit like that I always love when people are like oh I love the podcast I'm like no you love the clips you don't love the podcast well, but you see, liar that's how I found yes. I found you it's through the clips it's through stalking yes. I mean the clips <laughs> right it's the internet it's 2019 that's it's stalking is completely allowed who do you not stalk at this point? Honestly. Oh, many people. There's many not enough people. time in the day. Right. There's 7 I mean, billion like, people on the planet. It's hard. But, again, you'll, you're probably going to hate the intro that I'll give you. I, I'm sure. I mean, maybe I, maybe I won't even throw an intro in there. But what is your, if you were to define yourself, if you were to define yourself in, what's your elevator pitch? What's your 30 to 60 seconds of, 
hi, I'm Christina Lau. I do X, Y, Z, P, and Q. Or do you have to go through the whole alphabet? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a very good question because I can either give you like eight words, eight to like 15 words, or we're here for hours. No, we're here for hours. That's no, the sole intention. How long is tired. that candle? That wick's not long enough. It is a nine hour candle. Don't, it is a nine hour candle. Oh my candle. God. <laughs> that's not the candle to test. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I'm, I guess I start with my name. That's always a consistent thing. Yes. Uh, and then I say that I am a singer-songwriter and an actor and an advocate uh, whose mission is to inspire the world through the love of words. Wow. And then I try and stop talking. Right. It never works. No, I never, I've never seen that work yet. Yep. I've never even okay. seen you try. Yes. Um, uh, maybe I was trying. Maybe this is me trying. Yikes. Could you imagine? Wrong spot for you on a podcast then. So, All the best. <laughs> we have a nine-hour candle. Here we go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Let's go. Buckle up. <laughs> um, so singer-songwriter, uh, paint the picture a little bit more vividly for me because that is solely, that is that does not do you justice. What's your life entail today in 2019? Because singer-songwriter, that's that's not it. Inspiring the world, the wor world rather through words, is is the tip of the iceberg. Well, what 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 more is there there? What's your intention? What's your purpose? What why are you here? Oh, so at 15 minutes in, we can get that yeah, existential because it's you say show. so because you wrote show. it down. Okay, absolutely. I see. Yeah, yeah, just just making sure we're clear yeah, on that. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, I think the uh, I don't know what my reason is of, for existing. I I think it changes, um, and we've spoken, you know, before about every seven years you're an entirely different. This is person. very true. So with this iteration of yourself, this iteration of myself, I think I'm uh, I think I'm very much a champion of 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 positive social change and right. the channel that I've chosen to. Uh, to employ is uh, music and mm. uh, and acting and you know and storytelling I guess would be the blanket term mm. um, it's hard to say storytelling because I think it's kind of like a lot of general phrases that it gets used a lot so I mm -hmm. try and stay away from using it but I'm not really sure I had the words ironically never ever just as a sidebar, as Joss Biggins says, <laughs> uh, never really know if I'm using that word correctly, ironically. Um, Which word? Ironically. Ironically. Yeah. Right. Alanis Morissette just made my life a living hell. I see. For so long. Uh -huh. um, also my hero. At the same time. So um, singer-songwriter, inspiring the world through... through the love of words. The love of words, um, storytelling. And and who I am today is is still in uh, in hot pursuit of that right. really on a daily basis but i i like the i like the concept of of positive social change right. and I, when i was going through the iterations of what if i could describe me in one sentence if i could describe my art if i could describe what i wanted to do in life um firstly i was like oh i'm you know a champion of social change and uh, an advocate uh, of the arts and of um anything from like education, social, social, emotional learning that um, my roommate and I recently had a really great conversation about with another friend of ours um, and encouraging people to be the best version of themselves. Uh, I guess where I landed was if I can 
inspire somebody through my songs or through the work that I do as an actor or for who uh, or in who I portray as a as a public figure to have a better way of articulating and expressing themselves mm -hmm. then I've won so I guess the best way for me to say that in a shorter way is if I can give you a song that allows you to understand and articulate your emotions in a way that you couldn't before mm -hmm. then i've done my job then you've won then i've won not that it's a competition but it is um, but it is mm, so that's beautifully um well put and articulated but on a practical level you do much more what's your day-to-day -day look like what are you what's your what's your linkedin look like do you have a linkedin I don't have a linkedin well you should should I? Should ah, is a dangerous word, Joss. You should. It is. Yes. Very much so. But if you had a LinkedIn, what would it say? Um, what does yours say? <sighs> no, we can't Shall allude we? to that. We Let's can't allude. Break. We can't allude to that on this Let's, one. Why? Can we? Oh, we can't. Uh, All right, yeah, fine. We can't. It's okay though. It's okay though. Compliance. To, you know, it's. It's fine. You know, corporate. Corporate, we'll corporate. just all look it up later, everybody. Yeah, you'll just look it up on your own terms, but I can't allude to it because that'd be advertising. Anywho, oh, I see. Okay. rather, right. what would yours say? Um, what would mine say? Um, I don't know. What do you put on a profile? Hello, no. uh, I'm Christina. Uh, I like. Uh, I'm a Leo, and I was born in the year of the rat. See, there do you go. put Sound, that on a LinkedIn? Straight crazy. <laughs> Is that crazy? Hundred percent. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. See, nobody agrees would with you. Would you hire that person? Hi. You're I'm asking going to the, year the crazy of the person if they would hire the crazy person. Yeah, probably. What do you think my answer is going to be? Yeah, they sound like a riot. <laughs> born in the year of the rat. Hey, I'll bring the them rat in. is a good year to be born, okay? I'm born in the year of the rat as well. Yeah, that's right. You're quite a bit older than me. <laughs> There's the realization right there. Every guest has a, it. <laughs> So that's the next compilation that we'll do. Okay. So we have a bunch of compilations coming up of like moments that are reoccurring moments on the podcast. And one of the reactions is when the guest <laughs> figures out that uh, the, the host is a mere infant. Uh, oh, no, we've had this conversation and I believe you're timeless. Thank you. Darling. Thank you. Uh, and uh, that, you know, I mean, we can't, I, maybe it's probably 18 to 19 minutes in. We can probably talk about reincarnation now. So... <laughs> Uh, now that we've gone past existentialism. Mm, but we're still stuck on LinkedIn profile. Okay, right. Yeah, fast rewind to now. Uh, I would say, uh, okay, so I guess my business profile would be that I um, have a background in business development and client relations. My first degree was in international business. Um, I then worked in client relations for hospitality and entertainment-based industries. I've hosted music festivals. Uh, I started, I changed careers and started um songwriting and music-based endeavors uh concurrently uh while i was working in 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 hospitality and entertainment uh about 10 years ago uh i picked up the guitar at 24 and uh and then went into <coughs> a, a development deal in in the uk and uh graduated as the first hong konger from the London School of Music to be accepted into the London School of Musical Theatre. Congratulations. Uh, and thank you. Uh, and now 
I work for Nimbus School of Recording and Media in Community and Business Development, and I am on the board of uh, directors for a music industry association called Music BC, and I run a an, uh, an indie grassroots collective called Indie Van City mm-hmm. and champion emerging artists in Vancouver and BC, um, providing them with opportunities and other ways to connect and uh, learn about what's happening in the industry and the, in the music scene and uh, have an, a wonderful agent here who represents me for acting and voice. That's a mouthful. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, that's paper. That's, it's that's well, on paper. There's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of writing on that piece of paper, which is impressive. You should stand behind it. I really do. And I, I know that if I hadn't brought that up, you would just simply whisk that to the side and I'd have to reveal it while you're gone, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's good to hear it come from, from the horse's mouth because I would just butcher it anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't. I have faith. Absolutely would. Um, I butcher most things. That's my job. That's, That's why people listen. Well, it's a slaughterhouse around so here. So this is the self-hired slaughterhouse. The awesome. self-hired slaughterhouse. Thank hey, you. Thank you for telling new, me that beforehand. New name of Val's podcast. <laughs> self-hired slaughterhouse. Oh Any topic that comes on is going right to the cutting board. <laughs> right. Tagline. Let's go. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing. So you have a couple of reiterations. So I like to do this like a Quentin Tarantino movie where you kind of start at the end where you are today okay. and then we fill in the whole backstory as we go. Okay. Um, you know, it makes it more exciting. I'm a fan as well. Um, I like that you just slip that in there. Yes. Oh, that's nice. It's like little, yeah, we do this in the line and now I'm a fan of you. Okay. <laughs> I should do that with people. I'll be like, wow, you're really great and now I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> and then I'll just look elsewhere so that they can't make eye contact look and down. ask me what Always I just look said. Down. Or up as if look you're pondering, down. but you're really just avoiding awkward moments. There's a million little things you can do. I cannot look up because I have recently realized that when I look up, one of my eyeballs goes slightly awry. Ah, retardo. Very good. <laughs> That's nice. not an appropriate word to use. Oh, oh excuse oh, me. Is it? Oh. Well, in a, in a, in a Spanish accent. I'm Might pretty be. sure you just said to slow down in just Italian. <laughs> For me, it's a musical term. <laughs> yes, it is. My eye doesn't slow down. Right. It wanders. Right. It wanders. Right. It goes. <laughs> it goes to another place. <laughs> Your left eye travels to another dimension. I don't know which eye it is. Okay, hang on. Val, Val. <laughs> no, Val, look at me in the eyes. Which... Which way is my eye going? Christina's trying to propose to Val over here. But I can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Val's He's a gentleman. Being, He's Val's a gentleman. Being polite, That's why yeah. it's here. Yeah. That's no, I saw it. I saw it. No, 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 no. That was a job interview, be honest. <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine that job interview? So what, what do you think? What's, what's happening? <laughs> what, what is... Do you need help? <laughs> Are you having a seizure? And I'd be like, nothing's wrong. One of my eyes is just curling <laughs> to the back of my head. But I wouldn't know that. They would see it and right. be like, oh, 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 no. The horrors. Panic. <laughs> but you discovered it yourself when you were looking in the mirror, but looking up into the abyss. No, you Perhaps ca- for an Instagram photo. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Instagram photos don't showcase that wandering eye. Right. You do eye? look directly into the camera, which yep. is a huge no-no for 2019. Is it? 100%. 
well, I'm sorry. Look up any... I'm in the wrong rat cycle. You are in the wrong rat cycle. Well done. (laughs) Name of Christina's new podcast, (laughs) In the Wrong wrong Rat Cycle. The Wrong Rat Cycle? I like it. I like it a lot. Look, hey, I can look where I like in my Instagram. People can judge me and I will never know. That's the whole point of social media. Or you might. They might just start DMing you and, and arguing with you about things that they disagree with you, you about. You can only argue if someone's responding to that. That's I just give point. Chan my social media channel. She'll respond. She's Very got the, gr- the best responses. Brilliant. Yeah. I need that. Chan is my roommate. For those of you who have just joined us. Thank you. <laughs> it's good. Actually, you know, s- listen, slow down on those ones because we don't have to pay you for those. You mean so. retardo? Yes. See, there you go again. Yeah. I think that's actually a Spanish verb, to retreat. To retreat. I think it is. Moving on. No, that's Free. revolve. Revolve. What is the definition? Revolve air. That's what that is. It's a verb. To come back. I took Spanish nine. It's okay. Just relax. I'm pretty intelligent. <laughs> um, moving forward here. Plowing ahead. Plowing I asked Brie. Hey, I asked Brie a question. Do, do my questions not count? Are you allowed to ask Brie the questions? Because well, I'm pretty sure that them. she set up that both of us could. Yeah. Brie, do you have something for that? Most of... Can you throw that up on here? So for, for those of you that are just watching or just listening, rather. How many people are just watching? <laughs> a lot of people. With no audio. No audio. For those of You'd you. You'd be surprised. Of you. I don't know sign language. Do you know sign language? I don't. Who are just watching. <laughs> my eyes wander. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Retardo. Delay. Thank you. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Perfect. Thank you, Brain. Thank you for that one. Moving on. Okay. Now we can. Thank now, you. Now we can talk about reincarnation. Oh. Now the things are out of the, out of the, out of, out of the way here. Um, no, we will. Trust me, we will. But first, um, to piggyback off of your uh, LinkedIn business description or to piggyback off of that mm-hmm. and to piggyback off of your identity and how you present yourself a little bit, it's very interesting because I wanted, I wanted to get the hard fundamental basis of, of what you are versus what you've become. And, and so you'll paint yourself in this picture of this, oh, I don't know, how philosopher, would you paint? How would stoic. You? Well, this is, really? this is what you, 100%. That's, thank you. That, we needed Bree's face right then because Bree's face was this. Well, Bree doesn't have a camera on her. Yeah, but I but can act. You should. I just acted Bree. No. I just did that. No, and we'll have to You're pay welcome. you for it too. <laughs> but you would paint yourself in a certain light that I think um, dismisses um, your achievements and accomplishments. So it's important to that to, to get that to the surface. But on the topic of identity, I think that um, you have a very fluid identity and a very fluid perception of yourself, which I adore, if you will. Oh, love that um, what has caused you to have this fluid identity and version of yourself? Because you don't present yourself in any which way. You just simply are. You show up. Next thing you know, there's a person sitting across the table from you. You just said I was a philosopher. I mean, I prefer that definition. Well, now I'm fluid. That is what it is. I sp- well, yeah, fair. Um, so your question is, what begot that fluidity? Yes. I think... Um, a lot of it came from being a transnational kid. So I'm from Hong Kong um, originally, and I feel like Hong Kong is my home. Mm -hmm. And in a way that I can never really explain because I was born there. And so 
the sounds are familiar, the smells are familiar, the um, the 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 energy of that city feels like home. And then I moved, and I moved at pretty what I maybe uh, wrongly, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think a pretty critical. What are you writing? What are you writing there? I'm figuring, just uh, I'm, I'm orchestrating. I, okay, watch me orchestrate. Well, okay. More importantly, I have more notes than you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's I've the thing: got, okay. I put you in a position to talk more. That means I have more of of, of time to write. We might have to change that. Yeah. Tables might have to turn. Mm-hmm. This is a I'll, big table. I can go sit on that side if you want. Okay. That makes you feel better. Well, no, I think I'm all right for now. But all thank right. you for giving me the freedom of choice. Um, I used to, it probably sounds like I'm really sarcastic. Yeah. For those of you who have just joined us, <laughs> Joss and I have had about 18 hours of conversation yeah. um, coming up to this podcast. Um which was not planned. No. Uh, it was just a very a serendipitous, happy coincidence um, that has left certainly me richer, and I think uh, Josh, uh, uh, Joss, um, hugely um, confused. Yes. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, so yes, my dry, sarcastic humor might not translate well. I've heard that before um, to new audiences. So um, that's all right. Okay. They'll learn to well, love. Well. Uh, they can get past it the accent made, the, the accent can get you a lot further than it, you think it got me donuts once very nice more than once <laughs> um and anyway uh so the move from hong kong to new zealand was when i was 10 years old and i will always remember a really important point and have you uh, anyone ever had those moments where you're a child or you're growing up uh and you snapshot a memory yes. and you can go back to that memory mm-hmm. and you can see everything around it and you can feel what you felt mm-hmm. and you can sit in that memory as if you are looking at a picture, an emotional picture of that memory as well as a visual picture of that memory. So for some reason in my life, and I don't know if everyone else has this, but I've had really random moments like that. And some of them are st- like have nothing to do with anything and others are really poignant points, points in my life. Um, one of those points was, uh, being 10 years old and moving to New Zealand and everyone putting their hands up and in those days and in that school you had to say present mm. when they were calling roll call and I said uh, present and everybody turned and looked at me and I just come from Hong Kong I just moved from Hong Kong the busiest city that you can imagine or one of um, to New Zealand that has 18 people and 28 million sheep, uh, relatively speaking. Yes. Uh, and I was terrified. I could walk on grass. I was allowed to do that. That was new. And so everything was so new. Uh, and, and then everybody looked at me because I didn't look like anybody else, uh, except for Mowgli from the Jungle Book and my sisters. Uh, Brie pulled that up. <laughs> what's that? Nothing. Keep going. Okay. Yes. Oh, did you? Mowgli please, from you please, pu- please do. Oh, oh, you totally can. I mean, Mowgli was a fantastic child, very adventurous. Right. Anyway, um, not the most fortunate looking if Mowgli was a girl, but hey, that's life. Uh, and I realized that in order for me to get by, I needed to say present instead of present. 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 Like a jail, like, like a precinct. Uh, maybe. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. You. So I started changing my accent and um, first it was pretty conscious and then I 
realized that I didn't want to have and uh, you know just before that I I remembered changing my way that I wrote mm. just before I left Hong Kong because I was like well I'm leaving I think maybe I thought this maybe I didn't I mean I was nine what do you think when you're yeah, nine how many candy times have you lived this memory over in your head I mean you've probably rewritten it a hundred times is this even true it, your documentation yeah, yeah no, of, the, no I'm not even from Hong Kong what wow <laughs> no wow. I am from Hong Kong that really happened um so but I changed every letter of the alphabet in my writing oh. at a very young age so that I could have full choice on how I wanted to write. And so I borrowed different letters from different people's writing that wow. I liked. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just change the A today. So I did that 26 Six times. times. Thank you. Very good. Uh, anyway, I see this is 18 words or a thousand. No, that's okay. That's... Um, that fluidity yes. uh, became a, a really integral part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spoke about this the other day. I think as I moved, uh, I, we then moved at 14, uh, my, I was 14, uh, to Australia, to Melbourne, which was kind of in between the hustle and bustle of, of Hong Kong and the rural feel of New Zealand so it was kind of a happy medium there were more things to do as a teenager um I I got boobs and um Mm -hmm. and stopped looking like Mowgli and and it became I became you know uh I guess you'd say uh significantly hotter because that's not a high bar when you're Mowgli Mowgli is not a high bar no so you know I did pretty well in terms of transforming out of Mowgli-dom. Mm, uh, Mowgli-dom. <laughs> um, and, and so at every time I'd move, so that was zero to 10, 10 to 14. Yikes. And then, and I also, when I was in New Zealand, because the education system was so much uh, more advanced in the traditional conventional sense of intelligence at the time, there are eight different types. Um, I skipped two years of school and was in a school that was, I was 12 when my peers were 15. Wow. Uh, which was very difficult, uh, mm. especially when you don't know sex words and ah. those things <clears throat> and everyone else has raging hormones and I'm just starting to not look like Mowgli. Right. But still looking like Mowgli. But still kind of looking. My teeth were bigger than the rest of my face. And so did your face a, get larger or did your teeth well, get I smaller? Would, <laughs> I don't know. We'll no, I don't think, out. I think you would have to shave your teeth. I mean, they're fine now. It's been done. Great smile. Thanks. Amazing. Thanks, I made it myself. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Uh, my parents it's did. did. Yeah. It's technically speaking, I, would, I was going to let you get away with that. Oh, really? I'm sorry, eight types of, eight types of intelligence? You said eight types of intelligence. I believe the last time I looked it up, I thought they were, I thought they were spatial, musical, mathematical, relational, emotional. You're stuck at five. She's stuck at five. (laughs) Nine types of intelligence, rather. Okay, they added one. Naturalist intelligence, oh, musical, naturalist. Mu- musical intelligence, logical, mathematical intelligence, yeah. exist, uh, existential. existential intelligence, interpersonal intelligence, intra. bodily... Intra. Intra. Intra? Yeah, not in, inter. Intra. Intra. Interpersonal and 
When, oh, okay. Oh, oh. Oh, right, yes, yeah, sorry. Oh. And I skipped. Sorry. Inter, no, 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 that was my mispronunciation. No, no, no. You said interpersonal and I said intra I at the end. And we were both right. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy that. Fancy that. Um, so there's many types of intelligence. Okay, yeah. You got upgraded, if you will. I got pushed upgraded ahead. and yeah, I got pushed ahead. So I I was twelve doing curriculum of of a fifteen year old. I, right. My reading age was way uh, more advanced than sim- than the convention or the standard right. in the country at the time, and I don't uh, attribute that to anything other than the fact that I came from a a country that is very big on reading and academically reading, advanced. Yeah, yeah. academically, um, yeah, quite strict. Mm. So all of that to say, long, um, the fluidity is kind of a part of my life. So I moved, I moved more than my, my, the rest of my family has. Mm-hmm. So I then moved from Melbourne to the UK, uh, where, and I uh, finished my first degree, ran a small business. Your first degree in international business? Yes. Yes. From um, the University of Hong Kong? Uh, no, no, that was in Melbourne. So uh, Royal I've Melbourne Institute of Technology. Wow. The degree I actually started, which I wish I had done, was I had finished, was Asian Studies and International Trade at Victoria University, which was unfortunately at the time had not as good a reputation mm. generally, but it was a much better curriculum. And because I didn't know that, I just went, okay, I'm going to transfer to the better university. So I've got the better looking university. And I, I would have, I would have been much happier, I think, retrospectively, if I'd have chosen Asian Studies and International Trade because the teachers were very passionate. Not mm. that they weren't at RMIT, but it was just different. The curriculum was different. It was so well built. I would have been spending a year in China mm. learning Mandarin, which is what, something I've always wanted to do. It's mm. on my list. I will do it eventually. Mm. Um, yeah. So I started that degree, but then I graduated um, with the International Business degree and. Then I realized that I actually wanted to do music. Oh, yeah, I randomly started doing a music business management course before I did that because I traveled to the U.S. for a year on and off. Um, Kind of the equivalent of what you... I don't know what you call a gap year here. Yeah, a gap year. Oh, you do? You call it the same thing? Yeah, so kind of like that, kind of not. Um, And the music business management degree was a load of shit. Yikes. So I left that. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then... I didn't go to Hong Kong University until after I'd been in the UK for three years. And then I moved back and I had a midlife crisis at 24. Mm, Um, Perfect. I know. I'm on my way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just not long to go now. Oh, God. Um, But it was a good one because I was running a small business that was a cattery. A cattery. A cattery. A cattery. You make cats. I do not make cats. Swing and a miss. Uh, but it was, yeah, I appreciate (laughs) (laughs) What's a cattery? I'm sorry. Uh, It's like a cat hotel. Right. So it's a room with many beds. Crazy cat lady, that's how I will introduce you. For those of you who can't see Shantae, my roommate, (laughs) she's wearing a jumper (laughs) with a giant cat on it. (laughs) It's terrifying. I'm sorry, what is a cattery? It's a cat hotel. What is a cattery? What? Is it it's actually? like a kennel for cats. Well, where do you put cats dead when ass. you don't have friends? Are we dead ass here? What is... D- what? Are oh. you serious? Shantae told me what dead ass is. And 
Being serious. Being serious. For those of you. We had for a conversation. For Christina's audience. Yes, for my audience. Yeah. The ones uh, who are in a different animal cycle than Joss's well animal cycle. Um, Shantae and I were driving to my parents uh, for our Saturday run around the Burnaby Lake because we're those guys. Right. Uh, and she was like, let me explain to you what dead ass means a whole bunch of things oh i mean it's like the list of today's colloquialisms <laughs> um <laughs> right yeah and i think i did quite well um do you care to explain she tried to tell my dad how to use them also he also i think did quite a good job my goodness um I'm I'd forgotten dead ass. One of them was punched or slapped. Oh, beat your face! Who who would say that? People say that. And then we had this conversation, and we were like, "Well, what do you do if you're a makeup artist? You beat people's faces for a living." I've never heard of this before. This is the real thing. People say that I I beat my like in what context? I don't know a context where I'm talking about putting makeup on to begin with. Oh, that's what it, that's what I just it means? Do, yes. Oh. This is what it means. Um, I don't know that context already. Like, I don't say, excuse me, hey, I put makeup on today. I beat my face for you. <laughs> hey, girl, you want to come over and beat each other's faces? But yeah. You would never say that because you don't want somebody to... Beat my face. <laughs> Please don't. I don't prefer it. No, I don't want that either. But then there was the other, the other staying, which was pun, punch. What's the other one that was like? There was a beat my face, and then there was like a punch one that didn't mean punch. Right. Okay. There's dead ass. <laughs> that I don't. <laughs> so when you say what? How would I use this? Like if dead you say, ass. "Oh, this is a dead ass book." Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's. Okay, well then maybe this one is no, 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 no. You'd be like, I brought all of these books here, and I'd be like, dead ass, and I'd be like, dead ass, like seriously, like seriously, oh, like oh. S- like seriously, <laughs> like seriously, like you brought a paper boat to a podcast, like dead ass. I brought a dead ass paper a boat. Dead ass paper boat. I. No, that's what it is. Which again, which is a great, a great little marketing play here. I love it. I love it. So for those of you that don't know, that haven't Googled it yet, Christina has a song called Paper Boats. And she just so politely and just eloquently took up our advertising space. Dead ass. Dead ass. She dead ass did it. Yes, I did it, Val. Val said I did it, yes, right. Yes, valid Val. <laughs> Val just validated that. Val- <laughs> validating Val. <laughs> New Instagram handle. Holler. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, I so d- derailed. Was it? I thought we were finished with the other part of the conversation. Okay. I okay. mean, okay. I don't know. I'm not chairman of this conversation. Apparently, you are. You have the larger notebook. I do have the larger notebook. I do sit here all the time. I thought about sitting on your side of the table at one time. People did not like that. Why? Mm. Who's people? Uh, did, oh, we have direct feedback from all people across the globe. It's crazy if you actually think about it. So we're at a point now where we have like like 100 people that will just listen. 
like we don't have to like put it like we'll put it out and they'll just get the little notification and then they'll listen and so there's a lot of like direct feedback coming back all the time so people hate wow. my opinion and my voice at this at this stage in the game i mean 35 episodes in i'm sure some people do okay so you just told me that people hated people do. them and then you just told me that you are sure that they did which um, means I you don't know at all so of those well, hundred people how many people have said hey hey guy I hate your. F- well, myself, hate your myself. See, I see. Like That's I used one to. Out of I used to. I used to review every podcast, so I'd go through, cut it up, be an uh, an analyst into the own of of what we had just done for like the first I don't know fifteen twenty episodes, and then we had lovely Brianna come along and start doing that for us, and other you know wonderful little young ones that we have. Not that Brianna's little or young, but we have had, yeah. <laughs> We've had, you know, we have we have new people that have joined our team and help debunk these podcasts and go deep into um, the depths of these conversations and do all that stuff for me. So now I don't have to listen to three hours of my own voice. So, as much as people may love it, I don't. Right. Yeah. Well, you just debunked your own argument. Thanks. You just said, well, I, okay, let me just repeat what I heard. A hundred people. A hundred people. Listen. Mm-hmm. You didn't count yourself into in those hundred people. Right. Then you said, and they hate my voice. And then you said, I'm sure that they do. And then you said, well, I do. Right. And then you and then you said, well, actually, I used to, but I don't hear it anymore. So we're back to the fact that there are hundred listeners who probably so, do like your voice. You just decided that they didn't. Thank you. Well, that's rude. It is. Sorry, hundred listeners. The worst. You're doing great. Yeah damn subscribers the worst um no that's not it it's just when you have a long like if people have accused me of having a very uh, monotone voice because i don't get excited right so i try to have these big variances like i'm doing right now and you raise your eyebrows at the same time for dramatic effect and i try to make you know emotions in the air just to try to like spur things up a little bit but i do a very poor job of that because i'm always deeply ingrained in the conversation and my tone doesn't change Quite, I think that's quite soothing. Isn't that a soothing quality? Maybe. Like if you were too sing-songy about things, then people would be like, oh, that's annoying. I had an, a lecturer at my, during my first degree that, honestly, I don't think there are certain people who should not speak. You had an, an a lecturer? A lecturer. A le- a, oh, you had a lecturer. <laughs> I had a lecturer yes. at university. Oh, who, wow. Dude, I hate your voice. Canadian voice. <laughs> you, yeah, what's wrong with it? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Not. What do you mean? Keep keep no. Nah, you keep just it at don't home. like it. What keep do you it mean? Keep it at home. You. This is my job. Keep, keep your identity. It's my job to be able to do this. I don't do the O's very well. Mm. Job. Job. It's your job. Like people's jaw, like dro- they drop their jaw a lot more. Crazy. Lots. Just not with your identity, you know. Anyways, so I try to st- I try to keep the okay. I, I try to keep the uh, the conversation grounded. Well, in, I think that's fair. In a consistent I think that's voice. a fair thing to do. It is, but it's it, it's over. You know, this is a question for you guys where it's like over a two-hour span, a two-and-a-half-hour span, three-hour span. Shout out to Steve Rio, the one we just released. Oh, yes. Is it not redundant? I don't know. These are these are questions and conversations. So like maybe, maybe then for those hundred listeners who are probably listening right now. Right. Uh, if they provide you with this direct feedback that's so valuable. So valuable. How many of you enjoy Joss's uh, rich, grounded voice? Rich and grounded. Funny, great segue there. Just to try to 
get the spotlight off of me as quickly yeah, okay, as possible. Good. Yeah, that wasn't obvious at all. No. <laughs> Christina just shooting holes through my entire conversation infrastructure <laughs> continuously. <laughs> and she hasn't yet um, to... With love, of with course. With love and, and caring and compassion. Yeah. She hasn't yet to um, debunk my choice of vocabulary rather than vernacular. Okay, yes, I did very yes. wrongly use that it's word It's okay, yesterday. it's okay. But grounded, grounded, grounded. Let's think about this. I try to keep the conversation grounded. You talk about grounded theory. Do you remember that? I do. It's in Daring Greatly. Shall Brilliant. we? Can you help me? Thank you. Which one? Just this one? Yep, hold those. Brilliant. So what is, what is grounded theory? Because we've talked about this before, and I think it's got a lot of value. I think so, too. I was so blown away when I first... Uh, when I first looked at the definition of grounded theory, grounded theory researchers are required. Um, just uh, I and she flips through the pages, notes and references. I do really Various like scribbles on pages. I don't scribble. I don't no? write on these. Oh, no, I saw something. I mean, I really dog marked dot ear dog. What's that called? Um, dog eared. Dog eared. Isn't it dog eared? Yep. The pages. Okay, wholehearted. We're at wholehearted parenting. I'm not sure that I think that I need. That's all right. Final thoughts. Uh, in the years of, in the nine months that it took me to shape and prune a dozen years of research into this book, I've revisited this quote at least a hundred times, and truthfully, I normally come back to it in fits of rage or tear-stained, or with tear-stained desperation, thinking maybe this is all bullshit or it's not worth vulnerability. That's not the part that I want. <laughs> Appendix, grounded theory and my research process. Process. Thank you. Whichever you prefer. Uh, 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 okay, so the most difficult challenges of becoming a grounded theory researcher are acknowledging, one, acknowledging that it is virtually impossible to understand grounded theory methodology prior to using it, mm. two, developing the courage to let the research participants define the research problem, and three, letting go of your own interests and preconceived ideas to trust in emergence. What does that mean? Well, I mean, you have to read the book. Right. Uh, what is the book? Uh, the, the book is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and mm. it's qualitative research. And so Brene Brown is a, is a, a doctoral, was a doctoral student um, who uh, then moves into behavioral research, mm -hmm. I, you know, in, in what she talks about vulnerability. Uh, in grounded theory, we don't, here we go. I should have highlighted this. Yes. Maybe I will later. Um, in grounded theory, we don't start with a problem or a hypothesis or a literature review. We start with a topic. We let the participants define the problem or their main concern about the topic. We develop a theory and then we see how and where it fits in the literature. Hmm. So grounded theory is, is from my understanding is, is, is you don't start with a problem start with a topic and then you let the researchers uh, sorry the participants talk amongst themselves and you interview however many she was thousands upon thousands of of sampling you research you've you've come up with the the theory based on the research the Based on the conversation. Based on the conversation. Based on so what people are saying. you don't start with a hypothesis. You don't start with a hypothesis. You reverse engineer the whole you situation. You reverse engineer. So how's yeah. that practical? What does that mean? Why are you asking me this question? This but, is a Brene Brown question. No, 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 but it's a question for you. This is why you're on the podcast. Well, I don't do... I don't, I've never conducted it. I just told you. You yeah. have to like... You have to do it before you do it. Why don't you do but it? But the concept and then is... The, okay. The concept? 
I was trying to throw you the alley. Oh, right. There. Well, I don't, we don't have a group of participants that we can start having a conversation with. There's but you, you know, and me. You know, I think this is more of a macro, a macro conversation that you could have. Rather than starting something with a question that alludes to an answer, you then start with a topic and find the questions and the answers as you go. You reverse engineer the process. Yes, but I don't know that that is still grounded theory if there's only you and me. Right. You need a thousand people, a hundred well, people. I mean, I don't think it's grounded theory. I think that's just a, a choice of conversation. Mm. Then, I mean, I think grounded theory, you need to have, you need to have, uh, when, you, when you read this book, which I highly recommend that you yes. do, um, you'll, I think you'll understand you need to, you need to have a, a, an idea of the topic that you want to get to, not the bottom of, but get to the bottom of so vulnerability Brene Brown talks about vulnerability and I think she in the book talks about how it started as something else and as she as she took it to thousands of participants she realized that like let's say for example what does it take to be a great leader could have been the topic and vulnerability could have been what came out of that Mm. and I don't want to misquote her so I'm not I'm saying it could have Okay. been that but i think i to me that's what i think on the very surface on those few lines that i read that fascinated me to read more and learn more about grounded theory i think that's what she was doing she came in with a topic and it was like oh this is actually all about vulnerability hmm. it, she didn't go in asking people to talk about how to be vulnerable hmm. it emerged that that was something that was the the through the common thread right or the or the 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 thing that rises to the top as the most pertinent subject mm-hmm. or the most pertinent topic hmm. um, for discussion and for it's interesting that's very much what we do with, with that's very much what we do here it feels like it is and I think that's what led me to be so fascinated by your podcast hmm. and how you have conversations with people I've, I've listened to and actually I watched a lot of the podcasts which Shout is why I'm you. sitting on a slight angle right I noticed you're very aware very good very nice. Am I? Well, you haven't matched me, so I've clearly not inspired you to yes, change. Yes, but you have two camera angles on you. I only have one that's half on me and will only get the side angle. But that's okay. So I, shouldn't that give you more rise to... Okay. Uh, well, you do you. I mean... I mean, after the 30-something episodes, you just don't care anymore. Dead ass? Dead you don't, ass. You dead ass don't care. Well done. Well done. Did I do that right? Very yeah. good. Very Thumbs good. up from Val. <laughs> I'm joking. I love you people. I'll do anything for you, but I just try to keep my voice there because at the fair. end of the day, it is, it is an audio platform. You did say this to me and I hadn't realized it because I, I always watch the, the YouTube. Right. And I love watching the YouTube um, channel because right. even the profile is, you know, I get something. Mm-hmm. You get um, facial and, expression. And hand gestures. And hands, yes. Yeah, hand acting. Yes. Yeah. You were a rapper in another life. You've said that before. Yes. I, I would love to be a rapper in another life. You I could would be a rapper in this life. I could, have you thought about it? I have. Rhymes are simple. Many times they are not simple. <sighs> and also, um, I think I would be quite possibly the worst rapper you've ever know. heard. I don't know. Have you listened to some rappers these days? They're pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. Um, I still have. Just like when you go to see stand-up comedy. Right. They could be terrible, but I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that stand-up comedian. I don't want to put myself up there like that. That is terrifying. 
to do get up and mic. fail oh gosh, brilliantly. No, please, you do an open mic. No, 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 no. That's not my lane. My lane is right here behind the recordings. That's where my lane is. <laughs> In profile. In profile, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, you should go do an open mic. That's perfect for you. I would pay to see you either succeed or fail. Either you one, I don't, would I don't pay care. to see me fail. That's fine, too. That's... Entertainment either way. So... Same thing we watch these rappers for. It's really a hard thing to do. Well, you do. Come on. Like when... I don't watch rappers to fail. I watch rappers... sorry. Which rappers are you tuned into (laughs) today? (laughs) In 2019. (laughs) Somebody help me. Brie, help me. Who are the top... You can't. She'll put it on the screen and then everyone will know that I don't... Excuse me. Tupac is one of the legends. (laughs) (laughs) And his mother recently passed away. No. Um, actually, yes. A f- uh, what's her name? A fe- Fenny? A Fenny? We'll cut yeah. that out. I'm so sorry. Afini. Afini. Afini Shakur. Shakur. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I apologize. Um, I believe it or not. Yes. Used to very much enjoy hip hop and rap. And you don't like it anymore. Um. Is it because you don't approve of the vernacular? That is the appropriate is use of the, the word. appropriate use of the word yes, vernacular? Is it? Is, is, it? is yeah. it a geographical? location. So rap is it geographically. I think you and Kevin Khan have had a conversation about how rap is, is all-encompassing. It, it, Believe it. I think I remember But if we're that. talking about previous generations of rap, it was geographically la- located and did have a certain vernacular, and different areas do have their own vernacular around hip-hop and music. All right, yeah. So, I'll take that. That yeah. being said, okay, yeah. their vernacular, fuck, what was my point? I do that all the time. Pulled, I can't help you, darling. I pulled a Joe Button. You get that reference, though. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Joe Button? Don't worry about that one. Oh, no. Everybody all of a sudden dislikes me. Yeah. <laughs> Strongly. Turned off. Tune that podcast out. Uh-huh. They're going to go back to the Joe Button podcast. Oh, no. He is a podcast. He's a former hip-hop uh, personality, current hip-hop personality. I'm and, sorry, and Mr. Button. Mr. Budden, oh. but Mr. Button, that's pretty sick too, like Benjamin. Oh, so it's Budden? Like, B-U-D-D-E-N. Okay, yeah. well then I also mispronounce your name. Slander all over the place, we need a cease and desist next oh, thing you know. Goodness. Well, um, I'm sorry, I apologize. Anyways, rapper in another life, uh, stand-up comedian in another life, perhaps in this one. I would, again, pay for both of those things. You'd have to pay a lot of money. You know what? I, we've had multiple comedians on the podcast, and all they always say is just like, hey, just go out, just get five minutes. Who was the person that you had on? Uh, oh, and he's from Vancouver, and it was the first one that I watched, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, I can tell you. And, we've had two. Oh, okay. Well, tell me the two. I mean, that's no, not I'd a long... No, I'd rather watch you stumble a little bit here. No, we, so we had uh, Gavin Matz, and we had... Um, yes. Gavin Matz, yeah. So Gavin Matz uh, is on Comedy Central now. He's right. a great guy. Yes. And uh, yeah, incredibly uh, funny, awkward, weird, quiet, from New West, great guy. But his advice is just go ahead, get up there, get five minutes. You can't, yeah, you can't say no really until you... really funny. No, he's not. See, this is the thing. Sorry, Gav. Uh, like super funny on stage. Don't get me wrong. I went to a show the night before and he is a great comedian, mm-hmm. but he's not funny. He's just fucking awkward. No, it is. Like we had a great podcast. You you listened to it clearly. I did. But I'm like the whole time when you meet him and you interact with them, you're like, hey, where's the, like, there's the setup. Oh, the, you're being you're being awkward. You're being where's the setup? And then the, the the punchline never comes. He's just that's just how he is. But that's brilliant because he's he's birthed a great career out of that. I mean, yeah, and I'm a fan of dry humor. I know. Oh yes, that's yes, true. and, yeah, and you probably all gathered that by now. People all get that at this point. Okay. Um, anywho, so. <laughs> Yes, you're um, a fan, 
but I think you should go and you should try. That's advice as not from a podcast host, but from a friend. You should go and try. I'll laugh. I have a great fake laugh that I won't demonstrate here currently, but you can see if Why you would go Why will you up. not demonstrate the fake laugh? Mm. What's it, a good fake laugh for you? What is that? A, you know what? Marie, there's a really good laugh that you could bring up right now. I think that's a good fake laugh. You, I'm going to see if you figure that one out. Um, Bree's not going to save you right now. Yeah, she could. No, she could. Yeah, she definitely could. But I don't think that's uh, that's as entertaining as listening to the actual authentic fake laugh. No, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there one time. We're not there. Maybe that's... I'll say something really funny and then you'll actually laugh. <sighs> Good luck. I know. You've been trying for a while now. I haven't, actually. <laughs> there you go. There's a little chuckle. We're halfway there. <laughs> Anywho, 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 anywho. Um, but you're not a comedian. You're, no. that's, not, that's not the path that you've cho- no. chosen. But you are a lot of things. You're someone who I think, in your current reiteration of these seven-year cycles, because <laughs> everyone goes through seven-year cycles. Yeah. It's what I've learned is that you, uh, every seven years, your entire molecular structure is reborn in a way it has recycled itself and you are, are now composed of new cells and that's why every seven years is a very um monumental moment in your life or should be and you should reflect on that um anywho, it's also the seven year itch this is the where seven the seven year, year itch, itch has come from right i don't know what that is uh okay uh the seven year itch uh is in relationships where after mm. seven years you you start to feel like are you speaking from experience here uh, I did leave a relationship that I was in for seven years. Wow. From 17 to 24. Crazy. What a life, what a life. Had but a sorry. midlife crisis. Nice, and at 24, that's off. right. Those two mm. things coincided. Mm-hmm. So after that, so in your current re- reiteration of this um, seven-year cycle, you're someone I think that is self-actualized. But post-self-actualization, which we have talked about. We have. And... And didn't I send you a, a message the other day that said, I think I found the find, uh, I found a, an article that referred to Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of, of needs and his unpublished notes. No, you did not. I'm, oh, then I think I just that, thought that thought I should probably do that. that and this is cool. where the should became a very dangerous word because I never did. I think I did actually. You're lying. I but could be. Anyways, so for those that don't know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. is... Maybe, Brie, you could find it for us here. But Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is, is a very interesting. It's basically what... Actually, I'll have you explain it because you're most definitely more knowledgeable than me. How would you describe Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? How many levels are there? Well, I think Brie is bringing it up now. But okay. they, they, it's basically a, a pyramid that looks akin to the food pyramid that was right. uh, debunked recently also. Uh, and uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a theory in psychology proposed by Abraham Maslow in his 1943 paper, A theory of human motivation in psychological review maslow subsequently extended the idea to include his observations of humans innate curiosity you thought i was just saying that didn't you for a minute for it and everyone else on audio thought that you were too so the hierarchy goes um whoa so physiological is first so that's food shelter all that sort of stuff then safety um and so food, food, shelter, water. Food, shelter, water. Safety, no bears eating me. Exactly. Love and um, belonging. Love and belonging. Uh, so community, feeling like you're part of a tribe uh, or family, or those sorts of things. Uh, self-esteem. So feeling that you are worth it. 
Confident. Uh, confident and self-actualization is currently the top of that pyramid. So four of those levels made sense to me and the fifth one does not. Why? What is self... I mean, uh, you're just talking to a developed ape here. What is self-actualization? How well, would you describe that? Aren't we all? And I think we all have very different answers to that question. I think if you are self-effacing mm. and we have... I mean, if you stepped up, in my opinion, and literally thought about yourself taking rungs on that ladder, do I feel physiologically safe? Yes, I'm alive, I'm breathing, nothing is falling off of me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, things might be drooping at this point <laughs> in my different animal cycle, uh, but I'm safe, right? I'm right. physiologically okay. Yeah, I'm you alive. have some water, you're okay. I have some water, I'm okay. Yes. I'm safe, I'm, I'm not being attacked, I'm not my fight or flight mechanism, although that is a different conversation altogether. Uh, my fight or flight mechanism is not um, triggered. I feel safe. Okay. I, I feel love and belonging. I have friends. I have family. I have people that I care about and who care about me. I feel like I'm part of something. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, collectivism at its finest. At its finest. Uh, I have self-esteem. I think that that can be one uh, really can fluctuate, you know, but if you've got all of those other things uh, and you get to, okay, I have a good sense of self-esteem. I feel like at the, at, at my core, I'm a good person. Mm. Uh, now I've got all of those rungs of the ladder. I've got them. They're down. So you sit at the top of this plateau, this particular plateau and you go, well, who am I? That's self-actualization. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Cut. Pause, That's the preview. Pause for dramatic effect. I love it. Uh, but the interesting thing that we discovered, I say we, me, myself, and I. The three versions of you. Yep. Yes. Out of 12. <laughs> uh, in an article that I think uh, my friend who's also my boss sent me, uh, he had more notes that he didn't publish. And I'll see if I can find that article at some point. But it was fascinating because I had, I have all of these theories that are based on everything and nothing mm -hmm. at the same time. And uh, I, one of my biggest reservations uh, or uh, concerns in coming here today was to <laughs> give you a whole bunch of theories <laughs> that are absolute... Uh, uh, What's the word when something is fa fabrications, uh, but or they're not grounded in enough fact. logic or truth? Well, lo fact, yeah, logic or truth. Um, but the reality is, when it comes to this kind of squishy, emotional, like inner meat bag stuff, mm -hmm. um, we're meat bags. This is I call humans meat bags. Inner uh, meat bags, affectionately. Of so course. this is inner meat bags. I inner meat bags stuff. workings. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to know when you finished researching. It's hard to know when enough is enough, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of, for the longest time, have been very careful about what I say, what I put online, because I think that uh, a little bit of knowledge is a whole lot worse than ignorance, rather than a great deal of knowledge. Um, but I also am now at the point where, uh, fundamentally, I don't know that I could ever know enough right to be able to say something categorically with, yes with a complete certainty right so uh, anyway that was m a little sidebar yes uh, i had been th 
I'd been thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs because I'd started writing, um, I will call them some thoughts on a page. Uh, and I was like, well, what's next? Because we have so many things as uh, in, in this particular kind of society where we're self-actualized. We have food, water, safety, shelter, belonging, yes. um, self-esteem. We feel good. We live in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I make enough money to not only get by. We are the precious, precious few. Uh, what now? When you sit on that top. And actually, I think it was around that time that I discovered the self-hired brand and the podcast serendipitously Mm -hmm. and I was like well these people are talking about what now Mm -hmm. because all of the people I that I have watched so far I believe most of the people um, who are on your podcast are having conversations about this so I was like okay there's this really wonderful beautiful precious few who are having these conversations Mm -hmm. um, and we are younger than anyone ever has been able to be in history uh, with the exception of monarchs, so with the exception of rulers of empires who were born into rule or who were afforded this freak amount of power, with those people as the exception, when else in history have we been able to have the freedom and safety and belonging and physiological um, Ability Mm -hmm. to be able to have these conversations. So there must be more than the pyramid. Mm -hmm. And then what is next? And what I called it, which then I realized, of course, somebody smarter than me happens to also be Maslow, um, had already thought of, was conscious evolution. So now we have freedom of choice in a way that we've never had before. But so many of us, and, and in a way that we're so populous, right? So we have an entire city of people who can think this way mm-hmm. now, who are not monarchs, who do not have the power individually, but we have the power collectively. We've never, ever been given a framework within which to deal with those conversations. Maybe this is where you can start researching grounded theory in your spare time, just because you have all of that spare time. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so I'm with you. I'm with you, kind of. So we have our first four levels, which are fairly rudimentary for us in mm-hmm. the Western world. For mm-hmm. you, for us in Vancouver, which is just the most privileged or mm-hmm. one of the most privileged places on, on the planet. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you earn $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1%, right? So it's just like, here you go, red carpet, essentially. Um, yeah. So we all have these first four met the self-actualization part. Maybe we have to earn in a sense, or we are, we have to discover that's not just given to us by privilege, if you will, or self-actualization. Yeah, just something I, that comes I, with it. I think I would agree with that. I think right. that we, we are provided with the opportunity to self-actualize. I think yes, some people but are not. Many of us don't. Uh, but I also think that there's a, there's an element in there that because we, that this Maslow's hierarchy of needs was built in a, in an era that so many things were beyond our control. So I don't know that necessarily all of our, all human beings, especially with um, their surroundings, have been afforded the opportunity to be able to be self-actualized in the same way. Mm. So you have spoken very openly and very briefly about uh, your childhood, about uh, having, having, may I bring this back up in this episode? No problem. 
It's your show. <laughs> uh, about having a broken family mm-hmm. and how that can psychologically prevent you from reaching other levels, I think is something that we're not really ca- taking into account in that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right. right? So there are some people that I've met, I have very dear friends that I know can't get to the point where they feel self-actualized, even though the door is open to them. They might not feel, and that might actually, when you really think about it, come back to safety. could be emotional safety in place of physical safety. It doesn't have to be physical safety. And I do think one of my other weird random theories is that when, and I'm sure that there is evidence to support this um, and probably to counter it, but our reptilian brains don't necessarily recognize uh, people, like Mm. faces. They don't recognize faces or time. Uh, and so we spend a lot of our lives trying to reconcile those scars um, that have been inflicted upon us or we've inflicted upon ourselves or the environment has inflicted upon us through life. Um, so there's the, if we, our reptilian brains are still trying to resolve things, that same reptilian brain, um, I'm itching mm. funnily the back of my head because apparently that's where it, well, your reptilian brain is. Your brain is it? brainstem, yeah. Okay. It's the first layer of your brain. Okay. So that part of uh, of 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 brain um also if it doesn't my theory is or my uh, like Your thinking thought. my thought my thought is if i don't have a need to run away for fear of my life because a bear is not going i'm not worried about a bear eating me i will create other kinds of emotional drama mm. in place of that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe there's part of that in the untethered soul um, that talks about it. That talks about um, that voice in our right that, the need for danger in a way, need, and that yeah, that yes. that we are built to do certain things. We are built our primal instincts, mm-hmm. and as you look at this, I guess from an anthropological perspective, I think if you were to look at modern day societies and those people who could be potentially a little bit more evolved in certain aspects in terms of their primal versus um what's the other part of your brain the other brain prefrontal cortex your developed brain okay developed brain we'll go with that because i can't remember prefrontal cortex Cortex, yeah Uh, that's the the thinking part of your brain there's one more brie could you throw that up layers of the brain just randomly just throw it up there because i need to understand and remember that for next time I think the fuck? that reptilian cerebral prefrontal cortex potentially, but I have a guest that I would love you, you to speak know. to about this. Um, uh, her name is Deanna, uh, and she has—I think she's just finished her master's in social emotional learning. Deanna. Deanna. Deanna, you've been summoned. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm passing the torch, flame. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she. She could have amazing, incredible conversations. And she would know what the layers of the brain are. Yes, because she teaches young young people um, in school. She's a school teacher, mm-hmm. and she teaches social-emotional learning to at-risk and affected How young? children. Between the ages of four and 11, Perfect, we're on the same level there. So there has, we have three main parts of the brain, the cerebrum... Motor cortex. No, this is not what I'm thinking of. Hippocampus and spinal cord. The thought centers of the brain, maybe? Maybe. That might be what it. What are the thought centers? I mean, these are the, these are the lobes. Oh, I don't know any of this stuff. No. We don't want the lobes. 
through the layers <laughs> as we've developed through time. I know I'm being so picky. It's good to be specific. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're picking brains. Brain layers. We are picking apart brains here on the podcast mm-hmm. today. Layers, functions, meaning. No, layers of the scalp, skin of the scalp. Cerebral cortex. No, we want below that. Layers of the human brain. Oh, someone is going to tell me. Brie, can you look up thought centers of the brain? Thought centers of the brain. This is actually quite important, and I should... Of the amygdala. Oh, oh, oh. Six major parts of the brain and how they dot, 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 ellipses. Nah. Brain of emotions? No. Anywho. Okay. I digress. Evolution of the brain? brain evolution of the brain. That bra- might be brain it. Brain evolutionary brain parts explained. Ugh. Our brains can't even get to the parts of the brain we to understand We can't even find this. the interweb brain. It's uh, ridiculous. Brainstem, cerebral. So, 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 oh, brainstem. This is, I think it's, I think it's, so what I'm looking for, what I think it is, is reptilian brain is the first one. That's the brainstem in the hippocampus. Okay. Then you're looking at the cerebellum, which is the slightly developed brain, like where the we cerebellum? started. Cerebellum, rather. Gosh. Um, which is where we developed um, basic social functions. Okay. Um, and then the prefrontal cortex, where we started to develop deeper thought, deeper meaning, um, and be able to... Um, consciously okay so yes the limbic system the limbic system is located on both sides of the thalamus includes the hypothalamus or hypothalamus i don't know uh amygdala and the hippocampus Uh, talking is not my uh, strong suit especially when it comes to multi oh you should start a podcast then yeah i know ridiculous anywho (laughs) what was the basis of this conversation we were talking about the different Parts sections. of the brain. Yes, and my th- my my your thought, thought, your theory. Yes, my thought your was about my theory. unproven theory, or yes. yet to be proven, or probably pieced together from some fine. other scholars. This is a place where you can think. Go it ahead. is think space. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. Uh, yeah, my thought is that if you don't have that fight or flight mechanism, but you are more primal in yes. your ways of being, I guess, uh, as a as a human you will translate that into emotional danger. Right. So this is why I think that we should, this is Joe Rogan theory, you should release wolves on the streets. <laughs> okay. I think that that would do our, our species very well. Right. Because you, you reintroduce survival of the fittest. Again, we wouldn't have, I mean, we'd have real drama and trauma in our <laughs> lives. So we wouldn't worry about all this other bullshit. Uh, you are right. Actually, theoretically, I would theoretically. agree. I, mean, I would people agree. People die, but people die anyways. I mean, dying by wolf. Is probably really, not the best. I mean, well, it's probably not the best. But like, how cool would that be if, if someone's like, "What happened Th- this afternoon? My fear of death this afternoon was walking in these stiletto boots across Main and Second. Mm-hmm. That's the end. That's that was my it. fear. I done. thought I wasn't going to make it, yeah. and then it was going to become the flashing man. But if and a then wolf was it was going to go red, and I was going to die. And that was it. Because I couldn't make you it. you have a deep fear of death. <laughs> I don't have a deep fear of death anymore. I have a medio- I have an average fear of death right. now. I think I have a healthy fear of death. Right. A constant like, I don't existential do it. crisis. Yeah, like no, you don't but wanna... it's not an existential crisis anymore. We right. have this conversation. Okay, anyways. We're good about... I mean, I'm not good with... De- like, don't kill me. Don't put the wolves you onto me. Right. I don't want the wolves. But you could handle them if they were there. Is that what you're saying? 
I would call somebody. I think I would I would try and flash I would stab them with my shoes. It would give That's me a reason to the take off these shoes. Brilliant. I can't walk in them. Boots were not meant for walking. They weren't. They were not. I would show you, but I feel like it would be too much of a sidebar. Too much of a sidebar. Also, I'm not flexible. Fair. But you should be. Anyways, whatever. So, should is so, again I mean, linguistic. Let's not. I mean, I'm I'm okay. Flexibility wise, five out of ten. Can't dance. Coordination is the problem that I have. Right. If Proprioception, we're really going there, in a way. Sorry. Proprioception. Oh, you said this word. I really liked this word. Nice. Proprioception. Yes. Which is uh, a, a, like understanding of my surroundings. Yes, your spatial, spatial awareness. awareness. Snap. Jinx. Cheers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> cheers is che- what you say when cheers. you <laughs> cheers mate. cheers mate yeah, great. yeah I yeah. was uh, in another life from England um, no I'm joking totally wasn't but I wish I was I hate a Canadian accent it's the worst um, but I don't think it's the worst few things more worse than a Canadian accent few things more worse than a Canadian accent this is why I didn't so want to this is why I didn't want to hear folks this is the reason I'm just joking <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Let's go back. So yes, you have this theory of that we we don't have direct crisis, so we make we, we, crisis. And I have to be very very clear about this because you, uh, yes, us, we we I'll my twelve, myself. my twelve. Okay, you can include yourself. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, we don't have the same. We yes. don't have the same level of crisis that we should to uh, historic, naturally. That we are currently built to have. Right. I'm not sure that we should have it. I, th- I do think, I do believe in evolution um, and conscious evolution. Right. But my, the, the thought that I had was I, I sat back one day. Um, it was around the time that I was drying my hands. And, and I, no, just stay with me because this is, it, it, I wonder if anyone else has thought this. I was drying my hands and it says on the sign, we've saved 12 trees or whatever, or one tree, right? By doing this. And I'm like, but how many trees have you killed in electricity trees? How many electricity trees have you <laughs> taken? Like if you say we save this much money in trees, but how much have you spent in other forms of energy? Right. Which one is actually better, right? Like, because you always say, oh, "I'm going to dry my hands with a hand dryer instead of with a, mm-hmm. with a with paper." I, is it better? Right? Is that where's that high electricity coming from? Is it hydroelectricity? Yeah, where, where, where is where, that where electric- rivers yeah. dammed? Have yeah, salmon? How many salmon have, did you kill? Have you killed? Have you killed for me to dry my hands? For me to dry How my hands. How ironic is that? Is ironic the right use then? Mm, probably not. Usually, I, don't, sounds, usually don't I mean, guests. I would believe you because I wouldn't know. Thank you. Most listeners did until you, until you called me out. Well, but it's I don't okay. know if I'm wrong though. So yeah, you might be right. Well, we, so we'll how many, know. how many, how many salmon have you killed rather than trees? Have you saved? Well, I just are trees it. really the problem? Do we not have a lot of them? Are there not trees that are made planted for that purpose? For the specific and use. is that and well for that specific use and in the meantime are are um, generating oxygen. Right? Right. So anyway, I, yes. but it was around that same time right. that I was thinking about trees yep. and those things that I thought about something else. <laughs> that you forgot. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you got one of those. Now I got my strike. Is that the right word? Yes. Yep. Three I strikes in your Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, got, I um, only used one. Uh, what were you talking about? What were we talking about? Uh, uh, the wolves uh, existential oh, crisis. Oh, right, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. So then while I was having this thought, 
of about trees and hedgerows. Um, I told I, you you shouldn't go on that sidebar. I warned you. I gave you the look. I said, you? don't talk about this. I should listen And you said, more. no, 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 hold on. I got this. And turns out you didn't Is have it. Is that the exchange that happened just with my Absolutely. wandering eyes and your eyes? And that's what you would get if you listened or you watched the video version of this podcast. But audio listeners are just like, what the fuck are they talking about? So. Right. Sorry, audio listeners. Sorry. I feel like I'm in trouble now. Terribly. Okay. But while I was having that thought about yes. the hand dries, um, I was also thinking... Well, it's great that we are evolving, but when we do evolve, what are we going to lose also? Like, what are our other primal functions that we thoroughly enjoy at the moment? Oh, no. We enjoy sex. sex. <laughs> we, enjoy, we enjoy emotional drama to a certain point. Totally. Right? Yes. We enjoy, uh, have you ever seen The Invention of Lying? No. Ricky Gervais film. Brilliant. Um, a great film for people who um, want to, trial the theory of honesty week i did a thing called honesty week it was really difficult Mm. you know how difficult it is to be honest beyond what the societal convention of honesty is even when it's one of your core values crazy it's one of my core values so i had to challenge it so i was like okay i'm gonna be honest past what honesty do you look fat in that dress no my well so my first response would be if someone did in my opinion i'd be like i think so right but then i realized okay this was i then had to build criteria around my honesty week so i was like okay first off i just offended everybody right um uh, quite deeply uh and so that was hard then i realized okay i can be honest when it is when it is serving the purpose of that context, mm. I don't need to be honest. I had to then realize that the honesty that I needed to have could not cross a line into malice, because if I looked at a, if a person that I didn't like said, "Do I look fat in this?" and I said, "Yeah," that would just be rude. But if anyone came to me, if someone who I had no no uh, thought one way or another about said, do I look fat in this? What I, what I realized by drawing these kind of creating this framework for myself was the answer that I think is least judgmental and most honestly responsive to that question is, do you feel like you are fat in this? Are you asking me if you look larger in my opinion? Do like, what do you want? What do you like? What are you ask? What are you actually asking me? If someone says, "Does this look good on me?" and I'm, I could say, "I'm not a stylist." If you're asking my personal opinion because you respect my style, I'm going to say no. Do I don't you, think so. Okay. And that's the end of the story. They might be like, "Oh, well, I think I look great," and I'll be like, "Good for you." I have no further. I this has nothing to do with me. But when people ask, we're layered. We're layered as a society by so many things that we second guess. And once I started doing this Honesty Week thing, I was like, wow, I don't like... But I realized that I, there were certain things that I'd go, oh, I don't like this about this person. And so I had to, it had to go both ways. It had to be, I had to have a mirror. Otherwise, I was failing. Mm. I couldn't do it unless I first said to myself, why is this my response? If, some, if you said to me, oh, I'm... Um, I have a wandering eye. I'd be like, okay. (laughs) 
that would be the end of that conversation. If you said, I'm worried about my wandering eye, I would go... You should see a doctor. Well, depending on how I felt about you, I might be like, well, what have you done about it? Yeah. Or I could say, yeah, it looks a bit weird. You should probably get it fixed. Don't ask me if you don't want my opinion. <laughs> but that, Tough but, voice. But, yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets a little bit lower for yeah. that. But the point is, I would only ever say that if I knew that I wasn't being malicious. Mm about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would first look at myself and say, okay, do I have a problem that I haven't addressed? And I guess I'm trying to find a, a, an example of it because it has happened a lot where I've gone, oh, my ego's hurt. Actually, you've said something that's offended me. Like someone will turn around and be like, well, I, you know, I feel like I look big in this. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, compared to the other stuff that you've worn, yeah, you do. You look bigger than you did in the other stuff if you were trying on two things. See, that's an honest answer. Yeah. That's the best honest answer. So well, it's honesty with compassion. You, it, well, it's, it's an observation, but it's still just an opinion. Right. right? Is it true? Is it but not But if true? they turned around then and said, well, you look you know, fat in those jeans. I don't trust your opinion. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. And then if I went to say something back and went to say something that was like, well, uh, out, actually out of everything, you look stupid in all of it. Then I'd know that, like, actually, that's coming from my own ego. So my response then, I had to hold myself accountable when people would say things to me that were honest, and I'd be like, "Wow, that really hurt my ego." Wow, I felt, and I would have conversations where I'd be like, "I'm feeling really insecure. I feel very insecure." And I, there was one time. Okay, here's an example. That was a terrible example before. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm meandering my way over. But I went to the uh, to the beach, and and uh, I have actor friends who are just stunning and they're just absolutely beautiful and they have friends who are beautiful and I remember sitting down on the beach and I've, I've had chronic psoriasis for 16, 17 years um, so I was very conscious of my body for a long time and I saw these girls who literally looked like they walked off of a Victoria's Secret like brochure page thing when you had brochures before the internet who has a... anyway, they looked like serious supermodels and I literally turned around to one of the girls and I was like oh you're gorgeous I'm very intimidated right now and then I took my clothes off and sat down and and she was like oh I don't know what to do with that information and I was like I don't know either this was this was literally this, this is, is how life. so many of my honesty weeks have gone and it, it become, they become uncomfortable, I become uncomfortable, then I say it. And then all of a sudden, when you do that enough, it's like, oh. It's pointless. I wanted to say that to Brie today, but ah, uh, see? I was like, she's so beautiful. I keep looking at Brie. I've seen Chan a lot. That's why. <laughs> I get the luxury of seeing Chan every day. It's cute. Mm -hmm. But there's a point where you go, oh, I'm going to say this. Do I want to make that person uncomfortable for a really long time? Mm. Maybe not. I don't know this person well enough. Mm. I know I can joke with Val. He got me a lighter. Mm -hmm. We're good. Yeah. Like, you know. Right. But you gauge your level of honesty. But you have to challenge it. And you have to put that mirror up for yourself first in order for it to work fully. I'm not explaining this well. I should That's write okay. something about it. No, I have a thought on that. Okay, please. I have many thoughts on that. Oh. We've got eight hours left. Radical truth and radical transparency are paramount mm. in organizations. I'm reading a Ray Dalio book right now. 
A what, sorry? Ray Dalio book. Okay. Um, that's much of what he speaks about. Ray Dalio manages the um, largest hedge fund in the world, uh, Bridgewater. Anyways, okay. not important. But his concept of building organizations with radical truth and radical truth and radical transparency, meaning everything's on the table. This he has created mm-hmm. because everything is on the table. He has created an idea meritocracy, which is a very interesting concept. Which that what that means in plain English is that the best ideas win. Period, because everyone's radically open and radically transparent. So the but your your truth and your words and your opinions get weighted against the merits of your person he's built algorithms and systems for this wow and has built an amazing organization as a result of this but i'm just saying radical truth and radical transparency work however it has to constantly have a background it has to constantly be contrasted so you can't just put something out there it doesn't work like that or it doesn't work successfully and i think maybe that's what you've found in your honesty weeks contextualized it has to be contextualized you have to have yes. something directly on the background of that to say oh this is true in this scenario right but but truth is a fluid concept so that's why we have to give it context yes right well and it's so multi-dimensional absolutely right because you're you're honest like i and i would love to i sh- that's a good book to read Principles sure. by Ray Dalio. Uh, Very good. That's why we have a notebook. You are losing on lines. <laughs> by Ray Dalio. D- D- double L? One L. Well, okay. I mean, no. I'll find it. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Um, I drink so much water today. It's always embarrassing. It's the worst. I like well, it. I you, think that's a good thing. No, it to is. Do. But in these situations, it's not. Anyways, like it's it's incredibly unprofessional. It's the worst. Oh, excuse me. Well, we're doing this live recording. What's the other option? Hold it in and die. Bucket. Someone did once. Someone died. I think there was a th- in someone. Well, there was a competition years and years ago that was don't we for the we and someone died. You know what? That's really interesting. But I think it's don't ridiculous that. that you would be so <laughs> so conservative around your other theories and uh, uh, saying that you you just you don't want them you don't want to put that stuff out there because you don't know if it's true and then you just come with these fucking ridiculous stories around dying from not peeing was that was that all Brianna's our pop culture expert yes drinking like a hundred water bottles and then dying We don't, we're not a proponent of that. We don't endorse that in any way, shape, or form. Okay, people do pee. Follow my lead. (laughs) If I can be a leader for anything in any industry, that is what I would like to condone. Is uh, timely urination. (laughs) Thank you. I pride myself on those. (laughs) That's on my LinkedIn profile. (laughs) Which we're all going to check out later. (laughs) 101 people will be... 101. Will have viewed you. Do you see on a LinkedIn profile how many people view you? I have no idea. I have no idea. But Hmm. that's all right. It's okay. It's five out of ten. Too young to have a good... It's like... like, So many things just happened in your mind. Nobody put those together. No, no one did. That's fine. It's usually what happens on here. That's the fun of it. Um, Yeah, it's like... It's almost... It's ridiculous when like you're you're a 12-year-old or something like that and you're like, oh, uh, you're applying for your first job 
and you're like, oh, submit a resume. And you're like, well, like I opened a candy bar last week. Is that an accomplishment? Like, you know, like you try to put weird shit on there. Like <laughs> I did walk the dog. That's, that's some responsibility. That is a responsibility. Yeah. As a 12 year old, I think you say I, I walk my dog every day. I mean, I'll take it. That's you don't, you, you know, extra points if your dog is a wolf. Super extra points if your dog is a wolf. In fact, that'll get you the job. Population control, check. Yes. <laughs> I take a leadership role in my community. I walk a wolf every day. I walk a wolf. Then let him go. Um, yeah, weird. Anyways, yeah. moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, we never finished a thought. One of the thoughts we never finished, because there's what? a lot of okay. them. That, uh, yeah, people, You're right. people um, keep track. It's it's bad. So what we need to do is go back on that. We need to talk about Maslow again, because we got to the self-actualization part, right. but we didn't get past that part. So you hadn't coined it a name? What was the name? I Well, I... I thought it would be something along the lines of conscious evolution. Conscious evolution. So self-actualization is who am I? Mm-hmm. What am I? Yeah. A bag of flesh. But it's past that thought. Yeah. So conscious evolution, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. What was your thought? It, well, that was where the thought ended. Oh, so that's why we didn't go past that. Well, yeah, because there wasn't a path. I mean, okay, Bree, could you please look up uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, unpublished uh, mm, notes, yep. past self after self actualization. Because that's like, you know, being the narcissist that I am and the that egotistical not, but, maniac. Okay. Yeah, you know, I believe that I've I'm at that level of self-actualization and you get past that you you dig deep into your emotional spiritual physical mental hormonal systems every every inch of your being mm-hmm. you try to go and dig 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 deep define meaning because when you're a person like myself or yourself you have no collective identity and so you try to find collective identity through a purpose or through a process rather of self-actualization of like who am i what do i belong to that's why nations but that's belonging that's belonging that's but it's not still part of your identity well but i believe? think you're t- well i don't i'm not sure i think I, those two things are linked i think they could be yeah very well but i don't i'm uh, i don't know because, who am i at the core who am i spiritually emotionally well right? who am i as diff- who am i at my core is different to who am i in the context of others but they're interrelated, especially they are, yeah, in I'm 2019. I'm not disagreeing with you. They well, are interrelated. You're challenging me. This um, is I'm what challeng- sparring is like. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Now I'm allowed to spar. Before you were bullying me, you were that's always what Bree allowed said. to spar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, that I'm not. I, I I'm not sure whether or not self actualization oh includes God. that sense of belonging. Self transcendence. <gasps> <laughs> It is quite true that we live by bread alone when there is no bread. But what happens to our desires when there's plenty of bread and when our bellies are chronically filled? Abraham Maslow. Uh, Good summary. Self-transcendence. What is less... We've already covered the other bits. Um, What is less well known is that Maslow amended his model near the end of his life. And so the conventional portrayal of his hierarchy is incomplete. In his later thinking, he argued that there is a higher level of development, what he called self-transcendence. 
We achieve this level by focusing on things beyond the self, like altruism, spiritual awakening, liberation from egocentricity, That's which is I'm you at. trying to escape narcissism, and the unity of being. Here is how he put it. Transcendence refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness, behaving and relating as ends rather than means to oneself, to significant others, to human beings in general, to other species, to nature and to the cosmos. The Farther Reaches of Human Nature, New York, 1971, page 269. For your reference. Thank you, Brie. Thank you. But that's, I mean, that's fantastic. Like, to, th- to have that well thought done. and then to think somewhat, he, before he, uh, and then actually following on this, social psychology, Brie, if you can look up the Fathers of Social Psychology, mm. um, the two main scholars of social, I believe it's social psychology. And I love this. this. I mean, what an amazing thing to explore in the very few, the very, pr- I, will, I love calling us the precious few. Yes, yeah, the precious few. It's the precious few. We're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and knowing that there is this next level, this self-transcendence. That we can get to. That we're, that we're at. And, that we're and, at. And then that message that I sent you yesterday after reading the end of that Barbara Deutsch book that mm-hmm. talks about making the ceiling the floor. The floor. Please provide more context around that. I didn't bring my Kindle. That's okay. But um, uh, there's an acting, LA acting and life coach called Barbara Deutsch and, and I just finished her book two days ago and one of her concepts was making the ceiling the floor and one of the things that she said that I really like it was a real light bulb moment light bulb moment for me um was when you if you you need to ask yourself if you really love what you do and what you're working towards and if you really love what you're working towards when you have gotten to the point then when you have felt like you have pushed as far as you can push, when you've worked as far as you can work, you uh, have done everything that you can to, and you have reached a ceiling, you need to visualize that ceiling becoming the floor. Because what you did to get to that point, what you did to get to that ceiling, will not serve you for the next level. It's what served you to get to that level. So you need to reimagine where you are standing and that ceiling needs to become the floor and your your perspective needs to shift accordingly and we so often we talk I talked very candidly with Joss um recently about my my uh recent fear of death uh and I realized that I was uh running at a wall and at a wall and at a wall and I wasn't thinking about passing through that wall and death being 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes or however long it takes for someone fortunate or not to die, um, that's a a blip in existence. Relating that to the ceiling and floor analogy is you're rising up, you're rising up, you're rising up as high as you can. And then finally, you've worked so hard, but our mindset is still in, I'm hitting a wall, but your behaviors and your actions are not, uh, are not, changing at a what's the word like then you are not tectonically shifting you're just using the same behaviors and wondering why you can't pass through Hmm. and so I think hitting the ceiling and visualizing that as the floor is where we're at for those of us who have the luxury of being self-actualized and now we have just our precious few 
begun to think and talk collectively, which is where our renewed power is in today's mm-hmm. society, about where we go next and what we choose to do. And my thoughts on a page, which have yet to be written, which have scratchings and... Thoughts in a mind that are kind of in notebooks, but... It combines those things and it talks about uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the concept of what comes past Mm self-actualization. And then the return to collectivism and the return... Of the Jedi. Oh, the Jedi. (laughs) Uh, But in a landscape that we've never seen, that is so microtransactional, that is uh, so highly, um, it's so fast paced and it's so, and our brains and what is happening to our brains because of technology and our attention spans and our need for the dopamine hits of social media and our needs have changed. So we're in a whole new arena and we precious few are the only ones who can have that conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered self hired. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thank you for the promo. You're welcome. Um, In that, in that thought of yours that is semi written down, Mm -hmm. how much do you think technology plays a part in that? And when I say technology, I mean specifically automation and AI, because I think that that concept plays into a larger narrative of human transcendence. How much do I think that it's not Te- a question, more of a statement. Run with it, maybe. I don't How know. How much do I think that technology and AI plays into it? Like, I mean, how long is a piece of string? It's as, what I'm saying is we have it. We precious few need to be thinking about this right. and talking about it. You, there's so many things that are happening where I... Someone said to me, I was thinking the other day, I'm surrounded by things that are wired. Mm-hmm. And then I am surrounded by things that I cannot see that are, that are flying through the air. And yet we don't daily have a conversation about how that's affecting our brains. Right. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, wireless headphones, any of those things. People just take them and put them in their faces without anyone I have ever met saying, I wonder where the signal is and what it's doing to my brain. Not one person have I met who has, asked, has, has said that to me, ever. Mm. Or thought it personally. Someone says... Yeah, well, uh, well, I'm sure they. I'm sure people have thought it. Maybe people just don't really want to talk to me about that sort of stuff, which is fair. I don't know a lot about technology. I'm not going to be able to answer that question. You're not the person to ask. I'm not the person to ask. I'm sure people who work at Apple may have had that question. But the reality is, you walk into a room, and 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 yet on the other side of things, medicine doesn't acknowledge energy exchange yet. Mm. So. What are we doing? But Wi-Fi is totally okay. okay. But me being an empath is weird witchy wibbliness. Woo-woo. Woo-woo alert. She right. brought a candle to the podcast. I brought a candle. I'm in the year of the rat. I'm a Leo. Yeah. Crazy ass. Right. Exactly. You said it. I did. What a crazy thing to say. Mm. What a crazy thing to say that me being born when I was born, uh, I've associated with something. Hmm. That's crazy. That's just 
Hibbity jibbity. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what. I don't know what. Like I don't know. Pretend that I'm some uh, someone from somewhere that says that word. But you 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 keep bringing the the conversation back to like it's it's within this context. Mm-hmm. It's odd that I would say this or think this or do this or have this train of thought. Yes. I mean, you you really do like oh, I'm Leo. You're the rat. I can't do your accent, but I can emulate your thought a little bit. Yeah. So within that, it's like. You have this identity, this this thought of yourself that exists in real life, in real time, mm-hmm. that is, I've called fluid, but is very defined. Don't you think that you are in some way completely pigeonholed by your circumstance? Do you think you're at the point where you've transcended your circumstance, your experience? I find it very, I'm going to turn this on you, Joss, because I find it very interesting that so much of your, uh, your thoughts run around being restricted by things. Mm. You constantly ask me in the, in the 18 hours of, of precursory conversation we've had, sparring, if you will, uh, you constantly asked you know, don't you feel like that's restricting? Don't you feel, I, I don't like, you said to me that you didn't like being told what to think. Mm-hmm. And you would rather be put into a library. And what was my response to that? Who put the books there? Who chose the books? Mm. Even if it's one person, 10 people, 100 people, a culture chose those books. And I use that example because there are stories from various cultures where they don't want certain parts of history to be promoted in that country. So if you went into a library in a different country that didn't want you to know as a citizen of their country that they'd done something abhorrent, you would never know. You would feel that you had full freedom of of thought. So when you ask me whether I feel restricted... I am always going to be restricted if I am always looking for a cage. I'm always going to feel that way if I'm always looking for, this, for the framework. We're in, a, we're in a finite world. We're in a finite, well, actually, talk to, try and talk to Stephen Hawking's mind. Tele- use 5G. Get hold of Stephen Hawking on the other plane. Because he's there. Um, but the, the universe is made up of maths and restrictions and freedoms. When you keep asking how, why I feel, whether I feel like I'm restricted by things, some of the best music in the world is made when you have two chords and you impose the restrictions of music theory onto a work. Some of the best music is made when you have an hour. Some of the greatest art is made in the greatest pain, in the greatest restriction. Is that restriction? Is it perspective? And I'm not, I don't have the answer to that. I think we precious few can think about it. And yes, there are some times where you are restricted. That is what is happening. You have been robbed of your freedom of choice in so many ways that you cannot move. But in most contexts, I think in most contexts, 
we have some kind of choice. And I am saying this purely from a position where I have never had my safety threatened past something that I can survive. So in that, do you think that, but that I can say something that directly contradicts that, like, mm-hmm. so you, yes, is it a cage? You're just seeing a cage. There's infinite cages. That's what you're saying. It's, 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 yep. it's abundant. It's everywhere. It's simply the way you're looking at it. Infinite cages is a wonderful oxymoron. Yeah, it's nice. Um, but then like a person like yourself, and we've had, con- we've had conversations around, um, how you prime others to see you and how you prime others to not paint a cage around you. We've had conversations around how you can shift the space-time vortex around yourself so people see you in a certain life and you all of a sudden break those cages. So even in breaking those cages, you're still acknowledging that they're there. Yes, they're there in my, I, they're my frameworks that I feel so yes yeah i I agree with you Mm. the context that we had um was uh i was talking about the fact that my relationship status um was something that i was always really worried my relationship status my orientation were things that i was very worried about sharing and the reason that i chose not to share those things uh was because i felt like they painted they tainted a person's behavior towards me one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to give the most blank slate that I could. Right? Right. So in that sense, I felt like I was caged by another person's perception, if that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And yes. I wanted to break out of that cage. Mm-hmm. The reality is, if I don't, and this is a good example, because if I don't tell somebody what my orientation is or my relationship status is, they cannot use that to form any kind of opinion. They have to treat me void of that information. The cage is a perception, is their perception. So all I'm doing is it's not, I'm not really taking anything from or giving anything to because it was my information to give. Mm. Society tells us that it's normal to say, oh, I'm in a relationship. And then society tells us that if we don't want to talk to somebody, we can use that as an excuse Mm. that they can then choose to respond to. Do you know how difficult it is to tell somebody that you are not interested in them without giving them a hard reason? And every woman in the room will have that feeling, and a lot of men in the room, and a lot of um, everybody in between. Everybody has had a situation where they've used an excuse that is conventionally appropriate Mm. and a lie. And I realized I didn't want to have that lie. Because it was your honesty week. My life is honesty week now. It's a hard life to live. It's hard. It's hard, but it's so, it forces me, again, this is the removal of the cage, the removal of the cage or the, or the identification of the cage, because I don't, and, I, and when you ask me, just to come full circle to what you first asked me about why I'm fluid, uh, sounds odd. Yeah. Let's not do okay. that again. Uh, <laughs> why I have a kind of 
Freedom? Transient oh. undertone. Thank you. Um, is because I wasn't granted the luxury of having ingrained societal frameworks because I kept having to leave them. So if I don't have, in, and if people who are transnational kids, mixed race children, um, adults, I mean, I'm a mixed race adult, um, but people who are from multiple cultures who have very, very little potentially to hold on to in the conventional sense, you need to find universal themes that transcend, to come back to Maslow, that transcend societal, cultural consciousness. And part of that is me deciding that I only have power over, I don't have power over how someone perceives me, but I'm certainly not going to fuel their fire. Mm. If someone says to me, oh, in a work meeting, oh, is your boyfriend around? Why would... How many men do you know, and this is being quite binary, I know I will say that, this is a chip on my shoulder, my response to the person that asked me that um, was not to answer the question. I said, uh, can I ask you a question first? How many men do you ask that question to if, if their wife is around? How many, how many men do you ask when you first met a person? And they were like, oh, oh. And I said, how many times do you think a man asks me that question? How many times do you think I ask a man that question? How many times have you seen a woman ask a man that question when they have just met in a work context? And do you still need the answer to that question? And that is a hell no. Of course, at that point... You've deconstructed everything, their, their entire thoughts. And I've protected my privacy. At the That's same time. my private life. But perhaps severed a relationship? How? I don't know. I mean, if I sever that relationship because someone is offended and their ego has responded badly to that, you don't need I don't that think one. I need to be doing business with that person. Fair enough. And I think if someone asked me if I had a position of, if I was in a position of, uh, of needing to explain my actions, I think I could quite articulately explain that I didn't really understand why that was a pertinent question for me in any sense other than to gauge something that had nothing to do with my capability as a business person. Mm -hmm. And actually, when I first joined the industry, that was one of my biggest issues was I would walk into places and I would be, you know, the boss's pretty secretary. Mm. Doesn't matter that my, my title is what it was hmm. and this was in the, thankfully in the past but my response to that was very important because I could turn around and say no I don't want you to say that about me no I don't like this but my reaction in my mind I had to go away think about my honesty week pull my guts out go how am I feeling what's my ego what am I thinking about this what would I what would my best version of myself do and the best version of myself is not to shame somebody because when you shame somebody you put them into a fear-based position where they're going to go into their reptilian brain and fight or fly and i don't want to do that because nobody learns in that in that way the guy that tries to pick me up in a club that comes up to me and is like hey yo he's not trying to uh, offend me he's doing what he's socially been told 
is, is all he can kind of gather up and conjure with his courage to get me to talk to him more. That's a difficult thing to do, right? But, I mean, maybe not for you. Raise your eyebrow like it's easy. It's a walk in the park. You just walk up to someone and be like, hey, I'm on a podcast. I have a monotone voice that's deep and grounded and rich. My name is Joss. It means luck. Your word's not mine. (laughs) It's true. My point is that um, I think think to come mid-circle, back to when we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy, and to um, uh, transcendence. What was it called? What was it called? Self-transcendence. Self-transcendence. To come to self-transcendence, for me, you asked me what self-actualization is, but to come to self-transcendence is to get to a point where I go, how do I want to behave in a way that may or may not have uh, happened before, but I know I can justify well and doesn't hurt anybody or isn't intended to hurt anybody. And the difficult thing there is it is that's differentiating and holding that mirror up to myself and saying, it's not my problem if someone then says, you are the worst person on the planet. I hate you for saying those things. That's not my problem because I've done, I've justified to myself and made sure I've held up that mirror to say, actually, I truly believe that this is not helpful. This does not progress us as a species for you to ask me something that, that takes power away from what I'm capable of, hmm. that has nothing to do with the context of, of what we're standing in. And, and, and yet you feel that it is socially acceptable for you to ask, how do I help give you a different option? Hmm. I don't know what the question is. No, it's fine. So you're, you're someone... So it's very, very interesting because throughout all this, you say, okay, I'll look at the mirror, look directly in the mirror and say, as, as the best version of myself, how would this person act? Right. Right. Constantly going back to your, mm-hmm. your grounded morals yeah. as a person, which is very interesting because you're someone who, like that becomes your identity in a way. That becomes, that mm-hmm. becomes your, that is you. Yeah. That is solely you. Those two or three things yeah. that you ground yourself on. Rather than religion or... Um, I mean, not, there's anything wrong with religion rather than constructs that have told you it is because it is. Yes. Those go. Yeah. Those are out the window. It is because it is for us precious few is not enough because people tell us that it's okay to put headphones in our heads without asking what's happening to the rest of our bodies as a result. Mm-hmm. People, you've said it a number of times, people say this. People have told me. Who? Who are the people? Who are the people? And who do you want to believe and why? And if we can get to a point where as a species we are asking those questions earnestly, then I think we are truly self-effacing. Mm. And we are finally at a stage where we can make that ceiling, our ceiling, mm-hmm a floor and then stand there in an open space and say, what kind of world do you want? Hmm. What kind of world do you want to live in? So beautiful. I mean, you're going, you're getting past a certain level. You're creating a new space and place to play in your creating space. 
Individually. Individually. Because that's all I can do. That's all we all can do. But you're knocking down the door. You're knocking down the ceiling, rather. Making it the new floor. I'm looking. And having all of a sudden just a blue sky ahead of you, which is an amazing analogy and metaphor in itself. Well, I would say that you're all doing that. This is Think Space. <laughs> Literally, it's in the name. Thank you. That was the point. It's crazy that we're 30 whatever episodes in and you're the first one to bring that up. But it's, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. But, okay, Christina, your person that stands in her power has a certain level of confidence, ingenuity, spontaneity. 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 Mm -hmm. Thank you. No worries. (laughs) Case in point. I mean, it's a cool word. Ingenuity and spontaneity combined. It's a great portmanteau. Thank you. Spontaneity. Unreal. Thank you. I, it's, Use it. It's, it's my, yours. You made it. Actually, it's, it's my personal verbatim. Yeah. You're a person that stands in your power very much. You have such a divine confidence and divine femininity to you in, in a way. Where, how, where's the how-to manual? Can I buy the guide? Like, what's the formula to this? There's so many people. Like, this is my this is my personal problem of like, we we live in a world that is not equal. Like equality is a huge theme, but mm-hmm. it's not equal. Men and women, black and white, whatever it may be. These are huge problems because the best ideas don't win, and the best voices are not heard. And in in turn, our society goes backwards or it doesn't progress as quickly as it should. I personally have a problem with that. Okay. So, in that. There's people like yourself that seem to transcend that, those societal constructs. Transcendence is yes, the theme, isn't that it? Is the how to transcend with Christina Lau. Oh That's my the, goodness, no. It's actually how to transcend with Larry. Oh, right. Transformation Centers, right. just so you know. Got it. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, but This person is my hero. With a name like Larry. With Love a name it. like Larry, um, who right. helped me to stop smoking after I smoked 20 to 40 cigarettes a day for 18 years. I think he's a hero. That guy saved my life. Crazy. And is now my life coach. I love it. Mm-hmm. But the point being, where's the, like, what, what, what's the formula? What's the recipe? Like, you have such a divine confidence. Where did it come from? How do I get it? And how do other women get it? Because that's the problem. That is the problem. We don't acknowledge that. There's not, there is not a equality. In that, and because of that, people aren't winning. Our society is not winning. So yourself as someone who transcends that, how do you break that down? We don't have all night, well, and I don't have that answer. I don't. I I I appreciate um, very much that you uh, that you think that. I, that's very. That's really touching. Um, so thank you. I don't think I've said anything particularly um, new. I think I've just collected a bunch of thoughts that were other people's and arranged them in a particular way. But it's created the product regardless. For me, it's created my best version of me. So if I, if I could tell somebody in a nutshell what they could best do to be their best selves it would literally be to try 
what else can you do? And ask questions. Because my best version of me is never going to be any of your best versions of you. And if I try and tell you how to be the best version of me, we don't need more than one of me. That's the joy of, of the precious few. That's the joy of the society is that we get to be collective again. Mm-hmm. Potentially. 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 And I can only do what I can do to say, hey, I figured this out and 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 this out. I'm going to talk about this and this and this and this and get to here. And you can take it or leave it. And if one thing hits you that takes you to the next part of your rabbit hole journey, then I've done my precious little for these precious few. And that's why I don't want to tell you the name of these writings on a page because I've got to finish writing them. But those, those small things, those micro changes that we make on a molecular level, on those tiny behaviors, in the picking up a piece of rubbish when trash, garbage, <laughs> junk, junk, uh, picking something up, one thing, that might be your way of doing a tiny change. Um, you doing this podcast, you bringing together those minds. I'm not going to tell you how to be me. That's mm. pointless. I'm doing it. I'm busy. <laughs> it's my time. <laughs> you do your version of you. And one thing that Larry has always taught me is to transcend and include. So instead of you painting frames and asking about cages, take a step back and see what the best things are and take them up and make that ceiling the floor and then just keep going. Great way to come full circle there. Your thoughts always loop around. It's a wonderful journey. We go through is kilometers and kilometers of... the vortex of doom. No, it's a trip around Stanley Park. That's all it is. <laughs> it's an abyss. It's an abyss. It's an abyss. Just the one, though, because it's the one abyss. And it's your abyss. It's so my... don't try to recreate it. Yes. It's Stupid. My, my fluid abyss. No, no let's, not, <laughs> let's just not call it that ever. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're one of those people that um, discontinues to think and think and think and think and think. Actually, yesterday, for about two or three minutes, I don't, I don't think I did. Really? Yeah. How did you do that? Nice. Good stuff. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, and that's good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But hard to achieve. Or easy to achieve. Up to you. <laughs> do you ever think that that's to your detriment? And do you think that there are other people on this planet that fail to stop the continuous rampage of thoughts? Like, is that, yes, is that, the short is that like, to the, are there thought, are there rampant thought thieves? Is that what you're saying? Are there thought pirates? Thought pirates. Thought pirates. Name of your podcast, Thought Pirates. Name of my new podcast. We're changing the title. Add a podcast to your podcast. I love it. Like Bo. Bo? Add a string to your podcast, Bo. <sighs> Whatever. Let me get That's the a question. phrase. That is an actual You're done. Fr- You're done. Dead <laughs> ass, that is a phrase. <laughs> a, a phrase. It's true. Yes. 
Um, the, the question is, is there's these people that have these continuous trains of thought that never turn it off. You're one of those people. Who of those people do you look to today in your current evolution, in your current self, in this seven-year iteration of yourself? There's people, there's got to be people that you're looking to continuously that have that continuous thought, bang, 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 that you are looking to for some guidance or you're just completely self-actualized, completely self-transcendent. Well, I'm sitting and here looking, with you. I'm sitting here with you, with you people in Think Space. This right. is what's happening. Right. I'm already here. But who are you looking to? Which one? I'm of, looking like, at you with my awkward, weird, like, awry eye. Well, you're looking at the screen. You're looking at the camera. I mean, half of them are, you know, I'm getting half of them. I'm looking, <laughs> looking two ways. I know. Um, who am I looking at? I'm, uh, okay. What you're asking me is who's influencing me right now? Brene Brown is influencing me. Julia Cameron is in influencing me. Rupi Kaur, Kaur is influencing me. People that have been alive and are alive and, and, um, and songwriters and poets, actors, they're influencing me. They're just tiny little pieces. A million tiny pieces. There are a million tiny pieces. So of those people, mm-hmm. of those type of people, mm-hmm. like an Elon. Oh no! Bring in like an Elon, like an Elon Musk type. Uh, okay, yeah. Or I mean, these types, love or Apollo Musk. Coelho, or a I don't know. Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert, another great one. Amazing. Okay. If you could ask these types, in particular, say an Elon type. Five questions oh, no. or three questions. You know, you asked me. What this, would you ask? What would I ask? I would ask Elon Musk. Um, what would I ask Elon Musk? Uh, does he have children? Yes. He does? Yes. Oh, okay. Multiple. Oh, okay. Uh, Not that I stalk. Okay, sure. Uh, I mean, I would. I would. Bye. Oh, oh, Bree's taken a note, a leaf. I just, I exposed Bree. <laughs> Super right. exposed. It's all right. You called her beautiful earlier. Yeah, I did. She's yeah. absolutely stunning. She's not here, so I don't, she doesn't have to feel uncomfortable. Right. So beautiful. Um, okay, what was the question? I was distracted. <laughs> Elon Musk, five questions. What five you questions say? for Elon Musk. Uh you should really have like the. I, I, I know that I should have these ready, but you know what? I I don't know. I think part of me. I did have questions. I had questions that I wrote down. Did you? Um, really? Yep. Uh, somewhere, not here actually. Uh, I think they were in my phone. Uh, but I don't know. I think I just want to have a conversation. Right. I think I'd want to have a conversation and say things, and and depending on what he said, I'd want to ask more questions. You know, because I'd want to know things on the emotional side. Of like, of what he what he thinks about why he's what he wakes up thinking in the morning. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important for him to build these things, and not just why is it so important for him to build them in the in the conventional sense, but really, what's the legacy that he wants? What does he want written on his eulogy? Was one of the questions. Mm. Uh, sorry, on his epi- uh, the epitaph. What does he want said at his eulogy? What does he want written on that tombstone? What does he want people to say he did? And why? Because I thought about this. I was like, why do I want to leave a legacy? Why is that so important to me? Where is that in my ego? What is, what's such a big deal about legacy? Hmm. I'm, if, if you don't subscribe to reincarnation, 
then what's the point? You you become dust, stardust, hopefully. Well, here's the thing about legacy. The thing about legacy is that who has the greatest legacy of all time? Off the top of your head. Buddha? Yes. Or the example that comes to mind for me. Okay. It's Jesus. Okay. Right? Religious figures. So in the case of Jesus, right? What was Jesus thinking? What was Jesus thinking? Like, I got to build this table today. Carpenter, anyways. He was a carpenter. Yes. Was he not? He Am was. I wrong? No. Jesus was a carpenter. Yes, Jesus was a carpenter. But, so, so two, we're 2,000 years from here. That's yeah. 2,000 years ago, technically, yeah. right? Okay. If we're, okay. you know, sure. re- if we're reading those books, that's what it says. Yeah. Okay. So, even in that, so how long have humans existed? 50,000 years, consciously, humans. I mean, we've, dev- uh, you know, if okay. you believe in evolution, yeah. let's just say it's maybe 100,000 years that we've been evolving. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years of that, that's a flash. That's a flash in the pan. So, what are you really fighting for your legacy for? If Jesus only had a 2,000-year legacy, or maybe it'll be a 3,000-year legacy. Right. Is that really worth what? fighting for? Is Am that? I going to get nailed to a cross for that? No, I don't I want don't that. I don't want to get nailed to anything. Any cross. No. <laughs> so it's just like, what are we, like, legacy is really an egotistical mechanism in a way. It's almost like a cop-out. It's like, I'm satisfying me right now, but I'm really, what I want to say is I'm leaving a legacy for my children. Right. But what's one generation? What's two? What's five? Yeah. What's 50? So really, you're just playing your own little mind game. And this is the places I go to. Ego game. Yeah, right. And I think that you go there because you are past self-actualization. Well, thank you for stroking that ego. Is it? Or is it just highlighting what we've been talking about the whole damn time? God damn it. (laughs) Okay, Christina, we got to wrap. We've been here Uh, for a while. I have to... um, uh, I have to give you something. Oh, no. Um, and the first thing I need to do is, um, so when I, played, when I played my show, I made these little paper boats. And there's one for Val. Oh, my gosh. And these little paper boats, um, I wrote with 100 little quotes. And, uh, and there's one for each of you. Oh, my gosh. Because you didn't get to come to the show. And I made many. When was the show? The show was on March 21st. My goodness. So these little boats, now the instructions, don't open it. Uh, The instructions for these little boats are um, at a time that you feel in your guts is the right time to open these boats. Um, You must open them because inside there's a little quote from someone who I think is quite special. Uh, and it's meant to signify the song, the title of the series, Paper Boats, um, is about the transience of things. And, if I may... You may. When you each have your boats. There's one for Kevin, too, here. Um, Paper Boats is one of the songs that I wrote from a very special, dark and quiet place. All of my songs are as honest as I can bear. This one, day I dare say, bears me to my bones. In this moment, in this story, one lovely little boat wasn't meant to last, as long as we might have liked. It's not the boat's fault for being made of paper. It's a beautiful boat. It can make it as far as it can, 
and then, well, it just can't anymore. Sometimes we see it before others do. In that case, we mourn, and often alone. Good thing we're humans, and not paper boats then. There are times, though, where we know things are going to end. Understanding that it wasn't anybody's fault can be a little miniature light in the dark as we nurse our desperate, newly broken hearts. So you get to take these boats, and if you want to, you can listen to the song. But it's about the transience of, of life and, and the fact that you have to take apart the boat to get to the quote. I thought it was quite nice. So that's the present for you. That's a present for all of you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for your time. And this is a present for you. Oh my gosh. Because This is the first gift I've gotten. And here. I want to say a big shout out to Nardwa, the human serviette. Because Nardwa taught us this trick. He did. Can I? And so I would like to send you props, Nardwa. I think you say. This props. is a Nardwa trick. <laughs> Did you... Okay. The Chronic. So, you listened to the podcast. A long time ago. A long time ago. I've well had that for some time. Well done. When did you get this? Time when did is, you buy this? Uh, I, I, after, it must have been... It must have been just... Uh, it was after you'd asked me to come on to the show. Yes. And I had just listened, so it must have been, what, just after we met? So, she just gave me a record of Dr. Dre the Chronic. This is the first album I ever really heard. Well, now you can't steal it from your sister. But now I can't steal it from anyone because it's been given to me. And you have a record player in your hometown in Hornby. I do. Because you told me that. Which is incredible attention to detail. So, thank you, Miss Nardwar. <laughs> Welcome. That's amazing. And I can't wait to play this on Hornby on that record player. And I will think of you. So thank you for this gift. My That's pleasure. incredibly thoughtful. Thank you. And thank, thank you for you. your time. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I challenge anyone to follow the thought of this podcast. <laughs> Transcend. Transcend it even. Where can people find you? How can they stalk you as you have once stalked us? Mm-hmm. How can they? And I will dig continue to you? if I'm allowed. And if I'm not, then I probably <laughs> just will get craftier about it. Um, uh, my website is christinalow.com. Mm. And uh, oh, there's me and my friend Ian. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> uh, what a beautiful website. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, you can find me there and wandering around East Vancouver, drinking cups of tea. Uh, <sighs> Fire hanging out with Chan <laughs> he's very tired now she looks very tired I'm going to get in so much trouble we've got to go we've got to go we must end this immediately <laughs> yeah well we will try to find you at a local coffee or tea shop near you and uh, <laughs> bug you about uh, the infinite transcendence you've achieved and come see a show and come see a show mm-hmm. cheers Christina thank you